Hey, I'm on. I just want them to make sure they remember. What? Oh, they can hear me now? Okay, good. Thanks, bye.
Good morning. Today Good is November morning, the 7th, and I am going to call this meeting to order. Please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'll ask that our pledge be led by none other than Al Miguel Escarons from our Emergency Operations Department. Thank you. It is customary at this time after the pledge that we observe a moment of silence for the brave men and women serving both here and abroad. Additionally, if there are any commissioners that wish to recognize anyone in the community that may have passed, Commissioner Lamarca followed by Bogan, followed by Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you, Mayor. I just wanted to uh, make everyone aware and uh, 
keep the, the family, the parents of uh, Andrew Coffey in your thoughts and prayers. He was, uh, uh, unfortunately, he passed away up at, uh, in Tallahassee at Florida State University this uh, past weekend, and uh, certainly uh, something very difficult for the family to deal with, and just uh, if you can keep the family in your thoughts and prayers. Also, uh, had, uh, had the opportunity to participate in the Ryan Owens uh, first annual uh, run on the, on the beach in Deerfield Beach, and I bring it up now because Ryan was an 18-year Navy SEAL uh, who spent actually half his entire life in the United States Navy, and uh, he lost his life in Yemen earlier this year. Uh, so if we could keep him in our thoughts and prayers. And uh, because of the storm, we postponed our 9-11 ceremony at the airport. Um, but certainly, if we haven't uh, made mention of that again, certainly that's something we're going to memorialize again uh, later this week at the airport. So the, the over 3,000 people on 9-11, if we keep them in our thoughts as well. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan? Yes, I'd like to ask everyone to keep their, in their thoughts and prayers as well. Trevor Mitchell, who was fatally shot October 26th while at home. He was a Broward County Transit employee, worked there, worked for the county for five years, lifelong Pompano Beach resident, attended Blanche Lee High School. Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. Um, there's a hole in the heart of Hollywood tonight, today. This one's pretty close to home. I'd like us to remember Larry Joe Miller, Hollywood's beloved artist in residence for the last decade. And if you've driven around Young Circle anywhere for the last 10 years, his image has been there. Uh, inviting everybody to come to the park. That's in our regional park, our Hollywood Arts Park. He had a studio there where he painted and wrote songs every single day, and in return taught hundreds of people and kids and adults how to paint for free uh, with his Paint for Fun Nights. He was also a local rockabilly star with hits like Six Pretty Girls in My Black Limousine and Wild Boppin' Baby, and whose band toured with The Clash. Uh, he was an Air Force vet. Uh, he leaves behind his wife, Amy, who runs our Broward County's Interlibrary Loan Department, uh, and his four sons, one of which is my aide. Uh, Clay, of which he's very proud. He leaves behind an entire city who appreciated his love of life, his creativity, and most of all, his kindness to everyone he met, along with a bazillion paintings. And a whole lot of good songs. His was a, his was a life well lived. Thank you, Vice Mayor. We would also like to have a moment of silence for the victims in Sutherland Springs, Texas shooting, as well as Ms. Angie Schaefer Washington. She was a valued member of the Broward County Human Services Department Family Success Administration Division team. She served as the Human Services Manager at the Coral Springs Family Success Center, and she passed on October the 18th. With that, we'll have a moment of silence. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm sure you heard the music coming from our speakers this morning. That was compliments of Commissioner Lamarca. He selected that music and the first selection was American Girl by the late Tom Petty. And the second selection was John Mayer playing an acoustic version of Free Fallen by the late Tom Petty. This morning I'm going to get this started because we have lots of recognition um, and, and well, well deserved recognition. 
the first proclamation is going to be presented to the co-owner of Little Me Preschool, Ms. Mirta Estrada. Could you please join me at the podium along with anybody else that you would like to have with you? Okay, so then we'll skip that until Mr. Strada gets in here. And we will have the Hurricane Irma Business Appreciation Award presentations. Will each representative come forward and get their award as their name and business is called and then wait for the group photo, please. I'm gonna come down to do this. As you know, commissioners, colleagues, during Hurricane Irma, it was a team effort to make sure that Broward County looked its best, recovered well, and that could not have been possible without the people that you see sitting in the audience today, and we'd like to recognize them individually. For American Red Cross, Ms. Paula Prendergast, please come forward. And you can hold your applause. I'm going to call them all. Gretchen, are you my Vanna White? Okay, wonderful. <laughs> From the Humane Society of USA, Deborah Parsons Drake. From Broward, Amateur Radio, Carl Gerson. Gerson. From American Express, Sue Heidelberger and John Betancourt. From Florida Department of Health, Dr. Paula Thackey. From the Florida National Guard, General Michael A. Calhoun and Captain Phillips. From FPNL, Juliet M. Rulak. From BNL Service slash Yellow Cab, Regina McGee and Julie Kleinkefus. Academy Bus, Brett Brightonham. Southwest Airlines, Warren Latham, Rosa Martin, and Shannon Gilliam. From Turbine Marine, Inc., Kathleen Russo. From the United Way of Broward County, Kathleen Cannon. JetBlue Airways, Marlon Alvarado. Florida Panthers, Sean McCaffrey. Nationwide Hall, Tracy Madden. And from the Wisconsin National Guard, Major Oren Venier. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Please give a round of applause to the people who made us, that got us through Hurricane Irma. Thank you.
Thank you. So, commissioners, I think that we have a lot of people down here to take this picture. I, can you guys just move in yep. on the top of the dais, and um, and then we'll have to arrange in height order. Oh, thank you. So, <laughs> do we have the other proclamations for the kids? I need my proclamations for my kids. Okay. So this year, commissioners, you all chose your favorites um, for the Mayor's Art Challenge. We have some incredible, incredible talent here in Broward County. And the winners were recognized at the Mayor's Gala, but I wanted to bring them here so that you could see them and uh, meet them. From District 1, you had Isabella DeLauro from South Plantation High School. She's in grade 10. And her artwork was La Bella Fleur, a drawing in colored pencil. It's up on the screen. Thank you, Commissioner Rich, for picking that. That was amazing. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. District 2, Benjamin Schneider. He's from the Center Academy Preparatory, ninth grade, the boat watercolor. District 3, Matthew Schneider, Coral Glades High School. He's in grade 12. It was the hurricane, and it was in acrylic paint. He actually won second place overall in the competition. They should be coming up. Yes. Are they here? If any of our art challenge winners are here, please come join us in the front because we'll be taking photos. District 3. Olivia Talman, she's from Cardinal Gibbons High School. She's in the 10th grade, and her drawing was entitled The Elephant, and it was in pencil. Thank you, Commissioner LaMarca. He chose that. Um, it's not a joke. He actually chose that. Tell them. They think I'm joking. I, I feel like I should be able to, to just say a quick word. I didn't pick it just because this young lady went to the same school as my wife, because I don't know her. And I didn't pick it because it's an elephant, but it's very well done. <laughs> All right. And District 5, Gabriella Hornstein, Cooper City High School. 
She's in the 11th grade, and her uh, photography is alive. And um, she is here. Hey, Gabriella. District 6, Alexia Jones. She's from Dillard High School. She's in the 10th grade. And her, her um, picture is called IDK, which for all of those old folks out there is I don't know. <laughs> and um, it's in charcoal, and she actually won third place overall. District 7, Alicia Ramos, she's in Cooper City High School. She's in the 11th grade. Her, artist, her um, art was titled The Lonely Bird. It's a painting and drawing. From District 8, we had Kyle Fuentes. He's from the Pembroke Pines Charter High School, and he's in the 9th grade. And his, um, his art was entitled Frustration. It was a charcoal painting, and he won first place. I had a District 8 additional winner, Amanda Joloya, and she's from Everglades High School, and she's in the 10th grade, and her art was entitled Daydreamer, and it's a digital painting. Congratulations. I had District 9, Avril Fernandez, who could not attend with us today, but he's from Boyd H. She's from Boyd H. Anderson High School. She's in the twelfth grade, and her art is entitled "The Same Dream." It's a drawing. These are all of our winners in our our competition. Please give them a round of applause. All right, commissioners. We're going to get the commissioners back up on the top on the dais together.
I just have to say that with the type of talent that these children displayed, you know Broward has talent. And we just thank you so much for entering the competition. Okay, we're wrapping it up now. The next presentation is for the competition finalists of the Kaufman Fast Track New Venture Program. The Broward County Office of Economic and Small Business Development, OESBD, recently completed its third Kaufman Foundation Fast Track New Venture Program. This program was given over a three-month period. The students completed 10 fast-paced and challenging model modules held at the Innovation Hub at Broward College. OESBD, an affiliate of the Fast Track Global Entrepreneurship Education Program, used a competitive application process to select the participants and has incorporated the training program into its regular roster of free service offerings. Through Fast Track New Venture, OESBD guides participants on how to identify and meet market needs and access business, financial, and human resources. The first three modules of this initial program cycle are devoted to determining the viability and market potential of each student's business concept. The remaining seven modules establish the framework for the entrepreneurs to develop solid business plans. The program culminates with the graduation day event that features oral presentations of the top three scored business plans, which are eligible for varying seed money grants to fund their businesses. Instructed by the economic development specialist, Herb Parlato, a skilled facilitator with over 11 years of experience working with entrepreneurs, the program also incorporates guidance from successful entrepreneurs and the supportive peer community. All graduates receive a certificate of completion and ongoing support from Mr. Parlato. 
Since 2016, OESBD has graduated 38 entrepreneurs through its new venture program, with 25 students completing their business plans overall through its Kaufman's Fast Track Entrepreneur Development Program. OESBD has directly assisted 380 entrepreneurs since 2013. The winners for the New Venture Business Plan Competition was Mer Mercy Zikor from Renal TRKRR. And from New, Class, New Venture Class 2, the winner was Marlene Bruno from Bruno Maps LLC. And from New Venture Class 3, the winner was Gavin Mulligan, In Conjunction Labs, Inc. There were also competition finalists, Paul Fitzgerald from Pinnacle Ecological, Inc., Angela R. Williams from Spin Healthcare and It Solutions, LLC, Janice Weinsoff from Have You Heard, LLC, Matthew Fornaro from Matthew Fornaro, PA, Johnny Delvar from Locket Plates, and Santiago Selly from Casa Eficiente, LLC. Now, could, they, could all of the graduates and the winners join us here against the dais, and we'll take a photo. Thank you. Hi. Is that everybody? We're missing one. Okay. We have nine. All right. Ready? Can Okay. Okay. So we're going to go back to the Broward Means business business proclamation, and can I please have the owner of Little Me Preschool, Mirta Estrada, come to the front? And you can bring up your sister. So, oh, we've got both owners here. We've got Diana. What's your last name? Al Portel. 
Diana L. Patel and Mirta Estrada here to receive the proclamation. Excellent. Hi. Yes, stay right here. Stay right here. The proclamation reads, Whereas Little Me Preschool is a family-owned and operated childcare facility established in 1996 with 47 employees and located in Pembroke Pines, Florida, and whereas Little Me Preschool's <coughs> curriculum challenges each child to imagine, explore, create, discover, discuss, and learn. A typical day for the children consists of circle time using learning centers, class activity, art, and free play, and Whereas co-owner Mirta Estrada started her first preschool in 1990 following the birth of her second child, Mirta was unhappy about leaving her child in someone else's care while working full-time and going to college. Mirta then decided to switch gears and took the necessary preschool courses to open a childcare facility in Hialeah Gardens with the help of her family and friends and lots of credit cards. <laughs> she was able to raise two more daughters who were subsequently born, Susan and Lynette, and whereas after five years in Hialeah Gardens, Mirta decided to move to Broward County where she found the perfect location, a freestanding 10,000 square foot building right on Pines Boulevard and opened Little Me Preschool with 60 enrolled students during the first week of operation. And whereas Mirta and her sister, Diana Portel, run the school along with an office manager, the sister's 80-year-old mother, Marlene, assists with filing, greeting parents, and running errands. And... Whereas Little Me Preschool is an accredited professional school learning environment, Apple, National Credit Accreditation Commission for Early Care and Educational Programs, NAC, and a Gold Seal Learning Center, Little Me Preschool holds its facility to higher standards. And whereas Little Me Preschool believes that the best complement of the school is their enrollment of children of government employees, Little Me Preschool cares for children of police officers, firefighters, the Treasury Department, and the FBI. Additionally, teachers of public and charter schools select the preschool for their children's first learning experience. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates Tuesday, November the 7th, as Broward Means Business, Little Me Preschool Day in Broward County, Florida. Thank you, everybody. On behalf of my sister and myself and, of course, Mayor Barbara Sharif, we're very proud to receive this. Um, we love what we do. Um, we've had so many kids run through our hallways, including Barbara's, many, many years ago, which is where we met. And we're very grateful. Um, you want to say a few words? No. I'm <laughs> we're very grateful for being chosen this year, this month, because I know you do one um, every month. Thank you so much. Okay, so at this time, we have an update on the recruitment of the animal care director, 
recruitment by Henry Sneezak, Director of Environmental Protection and Growth Management. Mr. Sneezak, could you please come forward? Thank you. And Henry, if you could wait just one second. We wanted to call an audible here, if it's okay. Um, we wanted to change the order on the agenda for just one second. And uh, if your staff would come up real quick. And we wanted to celebrate your birthday. Happy birthday. What? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mayor, and good morning, Commissioners. Um, about the uh, Animal Care Director recruitment, I think I have some good news. I'll only take a minute to go over the, the points I have. Uh, the Alliance Resources Consulting Firm was chosen as the recruitment firm recently. Uh, the ad, the recruitment ad, was posted yesterday afternoon. It'll be a national search. Uh, resumes are going to be due on December 4th. So. Uh, optimistic that we can have uh, interviews and maybe even a selection before the December holidays. I'm going to be hopeful about that. <clears throat> the ad's also being posted on the county's website. Um, you know, the, the ad's actually a brochure. I'll be happy to send it along to each of the commissioners if you'd like. It's, I think it's very well done. And the ad, just final point, the ad does highlight the uh, commission's goal to become a no-kill community, so we're encouraging applicants who have that philosophy and background to apply for the position. And that's my update. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, do you have any questions for Mr. Sneezak? Okay. 
Wonderful, thank you. With that, um, we'll go ahead and get into the meeting. For those of you in the audience, please turn off or silence your cell phones. Any member of the audience who wishes to address the County Commission on an item on today's agenda, please come forward and fill out a speaker form located on the dais and to my right and furnish it to staff. Once an item is called, no further speaker signups will be allowed and you will not be permitted to speak. Individuals who are interested in speaking on any item on the agenda, please come forward and sign up to be heard if, not, if you've not already done so. When you are called upon, you will have three minutes to speak. Please keep your comments brief until the item being discussed. We ask that you address the commission in a polite manner and that you refrain from making impertinent or slanderous remarks or personal attacks. If you fail to do so, your microphone will be turned off and you will be escorted out by security or law enforcement. We ask that those of you in the audience respect the views of those speaking today. As such, we do not allow any applause, cheering, booing, or catcalls during or after speakers' comments. You can, however, do spirit fingers if you agree. I'm going to now read the Tuesday morning memo. Mayor, you only have a couple more meetings, so I just need, can you, can you actually demonstrate what a cat call is? I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> um, hold on, you can eat Bogan for that. <laughs> I think we should check with Henry Sneezak since he's doing dogs. <laughs> Henry Sneezak. Okay. <laughs> The Tuesday morning memo reads, consent items are items one, numbers one through 52. The public hearing items are items 53 through 61. The regular items of items 62 through 73. Withdrawals, deferrals, and substitutions. Item number five, this item is requested to be withdrawn at the request of the Office of the County Attorney for further review and will be brought back at a later date. I do have Commissioner Holness and Commissioner Geller on the phone. Could you please mute your phones? Item number 40, this item is requested to be withdrawn at the request of the applicant and is expected to be placed on a future agenda in December 2017. Item number 41, this item is requested to be withdrawn at the request of the applicant and is expected to be placed on a future agenda in December 2017. Scrivener's errors. Item number 42 is requested action. Motion to adopt currently states external audit services between Broward County and Broward County Sheriff. It should state external audit services between Broward County, Broward County Property Appraiser, and, and comma, Broward County Sheriff. Item number 47, a previous action taken in the meeting date currently states December 8th, 2017. Item number 24 should state December the 8th, 2015. Item number 24. Item number 66, motion currently states motion to award. Motion should state motion to approve. Item number 67, a wrong attachment was inadvertently uploaded for exhibit number two online and has since been corrected. Item number 70, exhibit one on page seven, first section, delete the word center after Alzheimer's caregiver respite. At the end of page 10, delete the section entitled funding to reach recycling goal. I request without objection that items number 64, 65, 66, 67, and 71 be moved from regular to consent. Please note public hearing item number 61 is a time certain for 11 a.m. Additional information. Item number eight, exhibit A1 was distributed as additional material by the Public Works Department. That exhibit is included in our item for purposes of the board's consideration. Item number 26, page three of exhibit one has been updated to include approval by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 51, Commissioner Lamarco would like to be listed as a co-sponsor. Additional material, 
Item number eight is missing exhibit A1 submitted by the Public Works Department. Item number 19, the letter to the board submitted by the Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. Item number 19, paren two ordinance amending rabies registration submitted by Commissioner Lamarca. Item number 44, corrected board meeting calendar submitted by county administration. Item number 61, highlighted edits from ordinance submitted by Commissioner Lamarca. Item number 61, paren two, amended ordinance submitted by Commissioner Geller. Item number 61, paren three, email to the board from the Brow workshop submitted by county administration. That concludes the reading of the Tuesday morning memo. At this time, I would like to ask for pulls from the consent agenda by the commissioners. Commissioner Udine. None, Mayor. Commissioner Rich. None, Mayor. Commissioner Bogan. Um, I'd like to pull number 51 just for a brief comment. Commissioner Ryan. Items 20 and 65. Vice Mayor Furr. None today, thank you. Commissioner Lamarca. Um, I'd like to pull number 19 and I would like to, and uh, looking back, I'd like to keep number 71 on regular. Got it. Commissioner Holness. None. Commissioner Geller? Not ma'am. County Administrator, do you have anything else left to pull? No? Okay. All right, at this time. Uh, okay. Give me one second. I have Pulls from consent from the audience. I have items 18, 21, 43, 45, 52, 51 and 52, sorry. Okay, then give me one second, I got it, I got it. Um, from the ones that I requested to be moved, we're keeping items 65, and 71 and 64. So we're going to have 64, 65, and 71 that will stay on regular agenda. Okay, at this time, can I put anything else? No, no. Okay. All right. At this time, I'd like a motion on the consent agenda, please. Move it. All in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. All right. Let the record show that the consent agenda passes unanimously. At this time, the first item pulled from consent agenda is item number 18. And that was for John Camillo from Yellow Cab. Mr. Camillo. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioners. This is an agenda item to buy additional equipment to provide service under the paratransit contracts that were entered into effective January 1st, 2014. Um, this was, when it was originally conceived, an $80 million program over five years. Um, as we get into the 
fourth year, there are going to be significant costs under overruns that a year and a half ago, the commission directed staff to look at a solution using the taxi uh, uh, facility that is existing here in Broward County. Um, so here we are a year and a half later without having accomplished that goal, but at the same time asking the commission to buy or at least to seek federal money to buy additional equipment, which essentially are sedans, which is what the taxi companies operate right now. This is a program which in some respect is a victim of its own success. Uh, the demand, because it is a popular service, is up. As a result, uh, they can't meet the demand. And uh, there are significant numbers of issues that are being presented to the users of this service. Uh, late pickup, uh, four-hour, five-mile bus trips to get from point A to point B, and so on and so forth. Um, the taxi solution still exists. I have a handout for the commission, uh, sort of a paper I put together proposing a solution. But additionally, commissioners, Yellow Cab provided this service up through December of 2013 by contract with the county. So the idea of putting people into taxi cabs and providing this service is not unique or new here in Broward. It's existed. It's not unique or new in the state of Florida. Other counties have employed this. I'd like to give uh, the clerk this handout, which includes the what I call the yellow cab taxi solution with the, uh, the expired contract that we had uh, so that it can be handed out to the commission. I'm not, here's what I'm saying. You have an immediate problem with an immediate need that can be solved immediately for these vulnerable people who need this service and to go into a procurement process try and get a federal grant to buy additional vehicles doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, address the need which the county knows exists and which it asked staff to look at a year and a half ago to try and find a solution in the existing sedans that already operate legally in Broward. Thank you very much. Thank Madam you. Mayor, please put me in the queue. Okay, um, Commissioner Geller and Commissioner Holness, you need to mute your phones because we're getting a lot of feedback from you right now in the dais. Thank you. Okay, Mayor. at this time, Commissioner Geller is first in queue, followed by Bogan. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, first, I have a question of staff. Is this federal grant program time sensitive? Is it something that we need to apply for now or we can't? Or could we apply for this grant just as easily 60 or 90 days from now? So, um, um, Senator Geller, this is Bertha Henry. I can't see you. Um, the answer to your question is that you can, you can apply for a grant at any time, but I, I, I think it's important that we understand what the purpose of these particular sedans are for and what the grant allows you to do. So if you could have um, Mr. Walton, if you can come to the podium to address, I think we start out with why are we purchasing the sedans and then we'll get into the conversation um, after all of the commissioner's comments with respect to the cabs. Okay, okay. well the first question I'd like to answer would okay, be well, the time sensitivity. This, go ahead. this is an annual grant program and the funds are available on a year to year basis. So if we don't apply and capture these funds, they will go someplace else in the state. 
Uh, second, the reason that we want to provide sedans are, are twofold. Because of the growth in the program, we have not been able to, as you are all aware, to meet our, our, our demand. Um, one of the issues that has become a major issue for us is, um, well, capacity. Two things, are two things happen as a result of that. We are allowed by the federal government to have what's called a spare ratio or a maintenance spare. Currently, because of the demand, we're running every vehicle in our fleet. But more importantly, 75% of our paratransit passengers are ambulatory. So we can actually fit 75% of our passengers into sedans. Uh, when we initially started this program and, and bought the, the vehicles, we, would, we needed to make sure that we covered all of our non-ambulatory passengers first. We have done that with the existing fleet. Every vehicle in our current fleet allows a, is wheelchair-equipped and allows us to, to transport non-ambulatory passengers. We're able now, because of, again, because of 75% of our passengers not being, 75% of our passengers being ambulatory, we're able to buy sedans. Well, uh, Madam Mayor? Yes. Okay, um, if I may continue. Um, the reason that I was asking about the time issue is, while well, I agree with everything that's just been said, we had voted at least once, maybe twice already, that we were going to discuss a less expensive alternative for the county, which was the at least the pilot program um, with the cabs and possibly the TNCs um, to come up with an alternative that was less expensive for the county to operate. As of today, we still have not done that, and I'm wondering if we are able to do that, would that be a less expensive alternative for us, as I think we've said we hope it will be, and eliminate the need to purchase these additional sedans? And, you know, I, I certainly want to hear the rest of the debate or, or comments, but right now I would be inclined to be asking us to put this off for 30 days and to try and come up with a resolution in the meantime as to what we're going to be doing on this paratransit uh, pilot program because, as I said, it may be unnecessary for us to purchase additional sedans if we can do this cheaper. First, it would not be um, prudent for us to put this off and not purchase the vehicles for the, for the, the reason I mentioned earlier in terms of us having a maintenance spare. Every vehicle in our fleet is in service every day. So what that means is we're, we're actually driving the fleet more than we should. We should actually be able to, make, to take these vehicles out of service and have spare vehicles to put into service so that we can properly maintain the entire fleet. Second, you, there was mention made earlier of um, the county using taxi cabs years ago. Yeah, we did that, but it was probably at that time something that we had to do because, we, again, we ran into serious capacity issues. But that did not comport with all of the requirements of the federal ADA laws. Uh, the important thing for, I think, the Commission to remember here and to understand is that we, as a county, as a recipient of federal funds, must make sure that any vendor that we use is fully compliant with all the rules of the Americans with Disabilities Act. That includes training. That includes 
drug testing, that includes vehicle inspections. So back in the days when we used taxi cabs, quite frankly, we, we should not have done that because, again, it did not comply with the ADA rules. If we were to contract directly today with taxi cab firms, we would be in the same situation where we would be subject to what's called the stand in the shoes laws, meaning that we would be responsible to make sure that every cab driver in the program is drug tested, has the 80 hours of ADA training, uh, we'd be responsible for all vehicle inspections and, and again, all the rules and regulations of the ADA program. What we're attempting to do and what we tried to do since you approved the pilot program was to develop a program that actually sets up a, a firewall between the county that allows us to, to shift passengers from our paratransit program onto a, another program of what we call a writer's choice program, which would, again, alleviate the county of the ADA responsibilities. If we can build the program and have it such that the, the client makes the choice, then we are no longer liable under the ADA. Uh, we did a solicitation. We were not successful. We did not get any responses because of, there were some financial concerns associated with the size of the pilot program. None of the financial institutions felt that they, would, they could make money on it. So we've been searching for other solutions, and, uh, I, and I, I would admit, and I'll agree, that it has taken a lot longer than we thought it would, but we've got some things working now. We, we have a, a pilot. We actually, we've got a demonstration coming in on Wednesday. Uh, we found a software solution that is in place in a couple places, in a few places around the United States that actually does what we need it to do. Um, and so we're very hopeful that within the, in the very near future we can bring something back to you that would allow us to accomplish all the goals that we all want to accomplish. Uh, first and foremost, shifting the overload passengers off of our paratransit program, but also protecting the county from all of the issues associated with taxicab not being ADA uh, or, or the county not having the responsibility of the ADA responsibility of, of every taxicab driver in the program. Madam Mayor, may I ask if Mr. Camillo can come back to the, uh, I have a question for him. I, I, I basically sure. want to ask him if his company meets the requirements that were just set forth. Mr. Camillo, could you please come forward? In the paper I handed out, uh, Commissioner Geller, um, we already provide brokered transportation services for the federal government. Um, we have a cadre of drivers, over 170, that do have a DOT physical that have the drug testing and all the training, actually it exceeds the training, I can promise you, that the county requires of the current contractors. And so the answer is, if a company wants to participate, the company can certainly do what we do to provide this type of transportation for broker services through some of the private paratransit brokers such as logistic care or access to care. Okay, so at this time it's Madam 11 Mayor, I don't want to take any more time. I just want, wanted to make one final statement and then I'm done. It, it sounds, I do not want to try and negotiate something from the dais, particularly when I'm not even on the dais. But uh, it would seem to me that if we postponed voting on this for 30 days, we could, should still be able to meet any grant deadline and could try and resolve the matter with the cab industry in the meantime to see whether or not we uh, even need these additional vehicles. Thank you for your time. 
Okay, so at this time it's 11.03. I have a time certain item for 11 a.m. So I'm going to have to lay this item on the table and come back to it because I have four speakers in queue um, and I won't be able to finish this item in time. So Commissioner Geller, you can hold that thought. After um, we take the item up again, after item 61, we'll get back to it. All right, Thank at you, this Madam time, Mayor. we have a time certain item, which is item 61. It's a motion to consider an enactment of an ordinance, the title of which is follow, an ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, pertaining to taxation, amending section 31 and a half dash 16 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances Code by levying an additional 1% 1, 1 tourist development tax as a high tourism impact county providing for a certified copy to be sent to the Florida Department of Revenue and providing for severability inclusion in the code and an effective date. This levy does require the affirmative vote of at least six commissioners. At this time, I'm gonna open it up for public um, comments. I do have speakers signed up on item number 61. My first speaker is Russell Rand, followed by Heiko Dobro, followed by Ina Lee, and if you could please start making your way to the front, followed by Lindsay Norris, followed by Eduardo Fernandez. I'm gonna give, um, at this time we have a lot of speakers signed up, I'm gonna give two minutes to speak. Russell Mr. Rand. Russell Rand. First of all, I wanna express my condolences for Larry Joe Miller, who I just saw him last week, and he was one heck of a guy that I've known for at least three decades and all. Um, I'm opposed to raising taxes on anybody uh, when you can't balance your budget correctly, and I'm opposed to my friends and relatives coming to town to pay additional taxes. I know you've compared it to other counties and come up with a formula, and you wanna increase the taxes to the maximum possible. And I know there's a long list of people for the money stream uh, that you're gonna spread the wealth around a little here and a little there and some sand for the beach or whatever and the convention expansion hotel project made mainly. Um, but just I wanted to express that uh, I'm opposed to increasing taxes. Thank you. That I vote, I vote with my wallet. Okay. Thank you. Mr. Heiko Debro. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Happy birthday to you. Um, Thank you. Dear Commission, um, I have to tell you, we have, we have come a long ways on this particular project, and I want to uh, applaud um, the administration for educating us during the past years tremendously and keeping us informed all, all the way. So, Bertha, thank you very much. And Alan Cohen, I think you're on this side of the room. Thank you very much for what you have done. And it's really great to see that, that we have all the information that we need in order to move forward with this particular project that is so important to our community. Uh, I fully support the extra penny. It's very important to our community. But uh, as it was explained to me by the administration, we're going to need that penny completely for this expansion. Uh, this is an expensive undertaking uh, that needs to happen. So I hope that you will fund this completely for the expansion. Thereafter, we need to market our destination and we need to market our uh, expanded convention center that's going to be very, very important. And we have a fantastic process in place where we actually have the ability to vet 
how are we going to spend the money? And that vetting process needs to take place through our Tourist Development Council. It's a solid process. We have a very good Tourist Development Council in place in order to make the right recommendation for you uh, to make then the final decisions. So I really would like to see that this penny is being added to the Tourist Development um, uh, Tax, and uh, I vote yes on this one. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Thank you. Ms. Ina Lee. Good morning and personally happy birthday again, Mayor. Thank you. Um, I'm representing the Broward Workshop and you all should have gotten a copy of our resolution. I'm assuming you did and read it, so I'm not gonna do it again. However, since then, uh, Bertha has reached out to Corrine and um, we understand from the administration's point of view there's concern with the time limits that we put on the resolution. So although we haven't gone back to the executive committee, et cetera, to change the resolution, we appreciate that. But the intent of the re resolution stays intact, which is we support the extra penny as long as it's used for the expansion of the convention center or and um, common areas and any monies. If it, if hopefully if this happens, but if it doesn't happen, that that money be rescinded at some point in time and any monies used that were collected in between that those points in time be used for marketing and um, the destination. I'm also here representing the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. Dan Lindblad couldn't be with us today. Their resolution is they support the extra penny for the expansion of the convention center as long as it's not used as a stopgap measure on the hotel, which is, we know that's not happening anyway, but I just wanted to get their viewpoint on the table as well. And I echo everything else that Heiko said. The industry is very concerned about the use of putting this penny on if it's not used for the expansion and the marketing we're going to need to make sure it's not okay just to build it. We've got to make sure they come. So thank you very much. And Alan, wherever you are, I completely support everything you've been up to and that it's gotten this far along as a major credit to Bertha and the administration and Alan. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lindsay Norris is our next speaker, followed by Eduardo Fernandez to close. Good morning. I'm here on behalf of the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association, Florida's premier hospitality industry trade association, with of course the mission to protect, uh, promote, and educate Florida's uh, tourism and hospitality industries. The Broward chapter of the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association supports levying the additional 1% TDT tax for the expansion of the convention center and common areas. Upon completion, funds should be utilized exclusively for the marketing and promotion of the destination per statute, and as previously mentioned by my colleagues. We believe strongly that infrastructure investment is uh, critical and funding larger projects, or sorry, and luring larger projects into the Broward County community and continuing to fuel the economic engine that is tourism. Again, the FRLA stands in support of the additional tax. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, our last speaker, Eduardo Fernandez. Good from morning. Sinesta. Happy yes. birthday, Mayor. Good morning. Thank you. Commissioners, Administrator. Uh, last time I was here in front of your group, um, I shared my support for the expansion <laughs> of the Convention Center. Uh, and I also want to thank you and recognize your efforts for moving this forward. We all would like to see it move faster, but we know um, it takes a while to get the process going. Uh, that being said, today I'm here to um, share my support uh, regarding the extra penny, uh, but with two really important conditions. One, we need to make sure 
that the penny is used for the purpose of expanding the convention center. Many of us in, in our industry here in Florida have heard or seen in the past two years other counties decide to appropriate TDT funds for other purpose um, beyond the marketing of the destination. So that's important. The second one is I want to be positive, and most of us believe that we're going to move forward with this um, project. But if it doesn't move forward, we need to make sure that, again, that extra penny is either rescinded or is utilized exclusively for the purposes that it was designed, excuse me, designed for, which is marketing the destination. Thank you very much. Okay, commissioners, that concludes the speakers on this item. Um, Commissioner Lamarca, would you like to go ahead and open for the commission? Thank you, Mayor. Um, <clears throat> first of all, I want to thank the, the workshop, FRLA, and the, our local hospitality and uh, tourism industry, <clears throat> excuse me, for weighing in. Um, seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, uh, when I endeavored to be a member of this board, uh, one of the four items that I knew needed to be done was to, to build this hotel. Um, suffice it to say, when I got here with Barbara and, uh, and, and Dale, my colleagues at that time, there wasn't a lot of appetite for this. There wasn't a lot of uh, willingness for the commissioners who were here then to have this conversation again because they had just, uh, we had gotten into a recession, we had also lost this project, and I, w I had the a distinct uh, lack of pleasure of actually voting to give somebody money for a project that never happened. So it wasn't with, uh, with great ease that this project is back before us. And the necessity to build this uh, and, and recapture the nearly $105 million that we'll be losing by the time this should be finished, <clears throat> which was about 65 to 70, seven or eight years ago, is important to our community. It's important to the other hotels, it's important to the marine industry, the boat show, um, other, other businesses along uh, the Eastern Corridor as well as the rest of the entire county. That being said, <clears throat> I'm not without, um, I will echo Mr. Rand's first comment, I don't like to raise taxes, um, but I'm not without uh, the, th the concept of thought that you can't build something and expand a convention center, um, you know, three, $350 million project without having some type of revenue source. Um, there's just not enough money left in the cushions here at Broward County government. And the bottom line is uh, this will be paid, uh, this additional cent will be paid by tourists who come to visit our hotels, to be at a convention, to be uh, on a cruise, to be in our destination. And I've uh, gotten comfortable with the idea that we are at the lower end of the large counties in the state of Florida as well as destinations around the United States. Um, so I'm going to support this, but w with my concern is, as the industry has said, is by the very, very small chance that this project doesn't move forward and we don't have that beautiful rendering uh, in, in real life in a few, in a few years, um, I don't want to see a tax continue to accumulate because we're basically voting to start collecting this tax uh, at the first of the year in order to start building up the revenue source to do this project. Um, one doesn't live without the other. We don't, we don't double the size of the floor space of the convention center without a hotel there, and we don't build a hotel without a convention center that will support it. So I understand the two will go together, and that's why my, my amendment asks, um, asks for us to dedicate it solely for convention center expansion, um, the, the actual penny, and it also contemplates um, a repeal if this doesn't happen, but 
I sat with Mr. Mr. Cohen, who is the project manager on this, and I would say um, he was very accurate, if not conser uh, conservative, on his uh, construct or his uh, his construction schedule. And but but it was a real schedule, and I understand that by two years from the end of this year, we should be commencing uh, actual construction um, after the process of permitting and and all and all the approvals. That being said, um, I'd say this was the, one of the one of the air, one of the few times in life that I could be considered being a little liberal, and I, we went clearly another year past that date with a uh, with another 90 days uh, to be able to terminate this tax. Um, it's important that we tell people and we show people more so with our actions than, than our words that a tax can be rescinded, it can be sunsetted, it can be it can end if it's not used for a purpose, uh, specific purpose. That being said, we've got um, some language here that I'd like the board to consider. I think we owe it to the hoteliers that are going to be collecting this tax. Uh, the, we owe it to the people who are going to be visiting here. And then once once that is done, should this project again, very on a very very uh, minute chance that it doesn't happen, that this uh, tax be kept in reserve for the work at the convention center. If that is not done, that it be returned to the marketing and advertising budget for the destination. Uh, it's estimated to be, the way this is written, it's about 39 months, so that's estimated to be about $39 million. It collects about a, a little over a, a million dollars a month. So um, that is my uh, my amendment, and that is listed uh, as first uh, additional material under item number 61. Um, and this is, let's, let's also keep in mind that as we look at this bed tax, this tourist development tax, it is separate from uh, the expansion and, and uh, implementation of a transportation tax that's being talked about. It's also separate from other transportation projects that are being contemplated. Um, but these will all go to the same to the same person, the same persons, uh, in the same wallet. So we need to be very fiscally mindful of of what we're doing here. And and uh, I'd like to make sure that we don't say to people we're going to put it in, and if it doesn't happen. We're just going to keep collecting it because I don't think that's very honest with uh, with people who are visiting and people who live here. Okay. Uh, Madam Mayor, so, I have an uh, amendment to that in the package. Okay. I'm putting you in queue, Commissioner Geller. Could you please mute your phone? Um, the first person I have after LaMarca is Commissioner Ryan, followed by Geller. And, and queue, please. Wholeness. Okay. And Eudine. Anyone else? Vice Mayor Furr. Okay. In reference to the amendment um, that's been filed by Commissioner Lamarca, as as the amendment states, uh, there would be an automatic repeal of the additional penny uh, if the construction activities had not um, been initiated as uh, as of a date certain, uh, which was prior to December 31, 2020. When you explained it, it sounded like if the construction had not um, commenced by that date that you wanted the money to be spent for uh, for marketing but that's different than your amendment so are you kind of moving to the to the Geller amendment or do you want to continue to move on your amendment the, the, the purpose would be that if the construction of the hotel had has not, had not started by that date and again that's a year past when the administration said that we should be at that point um, because I don't want to get ourselves into a timing issue but it would go towards continued expansion and renovation of the convention center 
If, if at the time the, the, the administration and the uh, construction division de de determines that we're still going to expand the convention center without a hotel, again, my thought is that one, one relies on the other, but it, it should be put into that, into that bucket as well as marketing and advertising. So, I mean, if, if there is a, this is, we're talking three years down the road, if there is, uh, if there is renovation or, or uh, work that needs to be done to, to keep our conventions, so we have a convention center now, does a, it does a darn good job for what we have and the, the portfolio of hotels around do a great job at servicing it for what we have. But if we are going to not build the hotel for some reason, that my, my goal is primarily to make sure that we keep the convention center up to date and what is left over from that, which should be sizable by that point, um, would go into marketing and advertising. So it's a two-step. And so the, um, the annual revenue estimated from a, a penny tourist development tax is, I believe, it's $12 million per year. That's not... Uh, sufficient to do the expansion of the convention center. So uh, my belief is that uh, the county contemplates bonding this money off in order to have uh, the necessary money, over $100 million, to go forward with the expansion of the convention center. Um, to the county administrator, if um, this penny, additional penny were to be approved by the county commission and we sought to go into the market, to, to bond this revenue stream. Um, the condition that this revenue stream could terminate on a date certain uh, because um, perhaps there's not all governmental improvements or approvals or some other issue arises, how does that affect the value of that revenue stream for purposes of bonding? And then, of course, you know, what does it mean as far as the interest rate that we would have to pay on, on the funds that we obtain out from, from Wall Street or whatever, uh, does it become more expensive if we place this condition? So anytime you uh, insert an element of risk um, in, in a bond issue, um, there's a penalty uh, that you pay for that. Uh, in this case, the window is so short that if we were to go out into the market next year um, to start to develop the, the funding for this project, um, we, if we're even able to sell the bonds because of the short time frame for which it could sunset, we would pay a huge penalty. So understanding the, the concerns that have been raised um, by um, the workshop, um, it's, it's, we have, our goals are, uh, are the same, it, they're, they're mutual. Um, what I've heard, um, uh, with respect to where we are with this project, um, I, I'm, I certainly don't have any concerns, but I think if we're able to um, have that discussion but not have a sunset specifically in the ordinance, that would certainly be my preference. I believe all of the members of the commission recognize that uh, the tourist development tax is used for a number of tourism-related issues, and um, I appreciate Commissioner Lamarca's fiscal conservative uh, amendment. Uh, but at the same time, I think, Commissioner Lamarco, you're very close to where Commissioner Geller wants to be on this, which is if it doesn't go to the construction uh, of the expansion of the convention center, then it would be used exclusively for marketing as opposed to uh, for beach renourishment and the many other programs that are, um, that are um, supplemented by this funds. So I'm going to ask um, Commissioner Lamarca if you would move to the position of, of Commissioner Geller's amendments, 
which I believe accomplishes your purpose and I think was consistent with the statements from those in the tourism industry. Um, actually, I, I uh, would take the position, and, and by the way, I would consider it fiscal responsibility, not conservatism. I think it's a matter of responsibility. We're all responsible. Uh, but from a standpoint of, of what, I, what I'm proposing, I, I, I heard what the administrator said. I heard uh, these issues. Look, this is, this is something that this board can... Uh, when those when that bonding process starts, this board can come back and, and reconsider that that uh, sunset. Is that correct, Mr. Uh, County Attorney? Yes. Okay. Um, I would ra I would ra personally I would rather folks know that we have a stopgap in here. And when Miss Henry, with all due respect to her pro her part of this process, and I think it's it's critical that if she comes back and says, "All right, we're going out for bonding, uh, we're going out for the bonds. Everything looks like it's going great." Bring it back to the board, and we'll take we'll we'll take out the the automatic repeal. Again, this is 13 months past when we when we were expected to actually be physically constructing the hotel. So I mean, I think 39 months down the road, if we get 18 months down the road and we're and we're uh, right along where we need to be, then um, I would even consider being a part of, of rescinding it. I, I just I don't think we should do that, and I think we should keep ourselves uh, keep give ourselves the option. Okay, thank you. I have a cue, and I'm going to stick to it. Commissioner Geller, followed by Commissioner Holness. Commissioner Geller. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, my amendment simply, it keeps in what Commissioner Wamarka wanted to do in reference to stating that all of the money had to go for the expansion, repair, remodeling, and also keeps in the provision that the remainder uh, may be used to the full extent permissible for marketing and advertising. What it takes out is the sunset. I have done a great deal of uh, zoning land use work, and I recognize how long things can take. Um, you know, right now, unfortunately, the city of Fort Lauderdale has been kind of slow uh, on approving permits. Uh, right now, they're having an election coming up. We don't know when they're going to finally actually approve whatever it is we're doing. Construction drawings need to be drawn. If, and we all pray that there's not, if there's another major hurricane that comes along, that would dramatically delay any actual construction. There's no force majeure clause in here. There's no natural disaster clause in here. There could be labor strike. <laughs> you know, it just, there's a, a whole panoply of issues which would lead me to leave that to believe that repealing this, if construction has not actually begun by December 31, 2020, is simply a bad idea. I believe that Ms. Lee um, alluded to that based on her conversations with the county administrator. And I thought that I heard um, Commissioner Lamarca say that in the event that it wasn't built, that the money should all go towards the marketing and expansion, and I've left that language in there. So uh, for that reason, Madam Mayor, I am offering this amendment to Commissioner Lamarck's amendment, which, as I said, eliminates the uh, repeal if construction has not actually begun prior to December 31, 2020. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Commissioner Geller. Commissioner Holness, you're next in queue. Yes, uh, 
I don't know if uh, Ms. Uh, Ritter is in or someone else might be there. I have a question or two. One is when we looked at our competition in uh, Miami and elsewhere that has a higher uh, bed tax than us, do they have these kind of restrictions in place? Does anyone know? Um, I, I don't know, um, and I can't answer that. Ms. Uh, Ritter is traveling. She's not here. Okay. Uh, from, from the analysis that we saw before, none of that was pointed out. Uh, so I, I doubt that they have that in it. Uh, and, and is there any kind of estimate, uh, county administration, what it might cost us if we put this restriction in when we go to the bond market? Is it going to cost us? A point, two point, five points? What, what do you think it might cost? At this point, I, I really don't know, but what, what, what I can tell you is that the rescission is within, it could be within one or two years um, while we're in the market. So we may not even be able to sell them um, with that if it is in the actual legislation. Um, but if we're able to, because of whatever the situation presents itself at that time, um, it, it will definitely cost us some money. Okay. So, so we are certain it's going to cost us more. The, matter, the, the, the issue is how much, and we don't know exactly how much now. That, that's correct. And the other correct. thing you just raised, which is, which is even more troubling, troubling, is we might not be able to market these bonds. So definitely, I, I don't think we ought to be tying our hands. <laughs> no. uh, uh, in, in this kind of manner, at this point in time, uh, it, it certainly is up to the board at the time if we decide to, to, uh, to, to rescind or do something different then that we can. I don't think we ought to put that out now. It's, it's, we're defeating ourselves before we get started, in my mind. We're tying That's our hands exactly right. behind our back. Uh, and, and I don't think that we ought to do that at all. None, none of these amendments, I think, ought to be in there. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner Holness, um, are you done now? Yeah, I am. Okay. So I agree with Commissioner Holness completely. Um, I don't think any of these amendments need to be attached to this item. I think what staff has proffered forward is appropriate, and we are tying our hands if we vote for these amendments. So I'm not voting in support of either of these amendments right now. Um, the next person in queue is Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I think that when we look at this, and when I look at this, I don't think of it as much as a tax as I do a user fee, and I look at the economics of whether this becomes elastic or not that they talk about in economics. I don't think we lose $1 of tourism by having this additional penny on here, especially when you have the comparison of what's nearby. There, I just think that the people that want to come to this destination, this one penny bed tax is not going to be an issue that's going to prevent them from coming here. I don't think there should be, and I respect what the Tourist Development Council is saying, but I think by putting conditions on this, I've spoken to people that work in the capital markets, and you simply can't bond if two years out you have a reverter clause that you're going to lose all the money. So it's, I don't even think it's going to be a question of how much more it's going to cost. I think it's just going to take that option away. I also think by requiring and having reverter clauses in there, because I like to consider myself very fiscally responsible like everybody else, I think you encourage waste because 
I think that things could change. There could be different issues that could come up. The Tourist Development Council could come up with a different issue. And having a pot of money that we say to an administrator or, an, or a department head, you must spend this by X date or you're going to lose this, um, it, 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 it's just not the right way to do that. I know the Broward Workshop put some of those clauses in there. They don't do that in their businesses, nor would they. They don't give a department head a pile of money and say, spend all this, or if you don't spend it, you lose it all, because that's the biggest way to encourage wasteful spending. My position would be, when we, when we levy the additional penny, we generate $12 million a year. I, the, the, the board has already said we want this to be used for the expansion of the convention center, but right. we need to give the administrator as much um, flexibility because there's different ways that this can be financed. It could be bonded. It could be financed internally. There's a lot of different ways, and to close any of those options to me now would just be irresponsible and could encourage wasteful spending. I think that the Tourist Development Board is given opportunities all the time. I mean, we just had the boat show. It was, uh, it was amazing. It's the equivalent of X number of Super Bowls every year. What happens if next year the Paris Air Show says, if you do A, B, and C to your convention center, we're coming to Broward County every year, but it's going to take an extra year to build the convention center the way we need it to be built? I don't want our administration to say, well, we can't do that because we've now not complied with a timeline that's out there and we lose the ability to generate different levels of business. I think the TDC laws require certain ways to be spent. We have an active, engaged TDC council, and we should uh, listen to them. So I would, I would support it with no, uh, with no amendments. Vice Mayor Furr. Madam Mayor, please Actually, put me back in queue. Okay. Vice Mayor Furr. Actually, I'm in full support of what uh, Commissioner Udine just said. Um, I feel like, you know, I, I support the tax, but I don't want to have any, um, I don't want us to tie our hands, either by date or deed. Um, much, much like what he said, I think we need that flexibility. I want to have that flexibility. Yeah. And, you know, you, this is a, a long statute, yeah. and there's lots of things that are in this, and I want us to have the, that flexibility. I think, I think we can trust, trust the TDC one. To, to make sure that and tell us, make sure this is going to, you know, to the right place. I, I think the administration and is making sure that we have prioritized where this money is going. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna support that. I'm not gonna support the amendment. Perfect. Um, that's it. Thank you. Okay, the next person in queue is Commissioner Bolgan, followed by Commissioner Rich. Uh, I'm gonna be supporting my four fellow commissioners, Commissioner Holness and Sharif Udin for opposing any restriction while I certainly opposed taxes. This obviously is for the betterment of Broward County. We're taxing mostly on the tourists. Again, without reiterating, these conditions that we're putting forth are only detrimental and costly to our county and to our taxpayers, and I will be opposing any restrictions. Thank you. Commissioner Rich? Uh, yes, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I, too, am going to uh, be... Uh, uh, opposing any restrictions. Uh, what I've learned recently about lots of things, whether it's the charter, whether it's our own ordinances, that we have to have flexibility in things that we do uh, because issues change, priorities change. Uh, we know what this money is going for. 
Um, I, I believe that this is, I mean, I wasn't here all the time that this was started. And we're finally at a point where it looks like we're going to go over the threshold here, go over the finish line. So it's a, an incredible economic development uh, for our community. And I don't think that we should put any restrictions uh, in its way. Um, so it's, and it's also very delicate negotiations between City of Fort Lauderdale and Broward County. There's just so many different, you know, balls up in the air. So I, I think we need to uh, just let this thing move along and uh, without the restrictions there. And hopefully this will happen this time. Thank you. Okay, so at this time I have, um, I had a motion from Geller which um, I believe Commissioner Ryan which said. Which I'll he... be withdrawing. Okay. So, the Commissioner. Best way is to be back in the queue. Oh, okay. So, Commissioner Geller is withdrawing his motion. So, at this time, yes, then we, we don't have another amendment to consider, so that's fine. Um, the Hold on, relax, relax. I'm getting there. I have to commi I have to take the amendment to the amendment first. Okay, so now that amendment is withdrawn. Now I'm going to go to the First Amendment, which is Commissioner Lamarca. Commissioner Lamarca, um, do you have a second on your amendment? Thank yes. you. Just a, a comment. Um, I didn't actually make it make a motion yet, so I don't. I won't have a second because I didn't even make the motion yet. But it, it is an amendment, and we did talk about do it. Do you want to um, motion? So just no. I want to. I just want to weigh in on a couple things that the board has said, and I have. I have. Uh, uh, I have a lot of faith in the people that are on this board now, and it's, it's a different board than it was seven years ago. Um, Ms. Henry, if I might ask, the, the order of the process of going out and going to the bond market, um, wouldn't we have to um, take the under? Wouldn't we have to? Um, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't we have to be building something to be to go out and and uh, and and? Uh, and, and ask for, uh, you know, ask to sell the bonds and, and go to market? Wouldn't we have to be actually be building something? Yes. So why are we worried? Why is this board, if it's so flexible, worried about having a stopgap in here? If we're, if we're not ready to build, we're not going to go to the bond market. If we're not going to build, like I said, I'd be, I, would be, uh, I would be with everyone here and say, all right, well, you know, it's not necessary. I'm, so I just wanted to clarify just a bit, uh, Commissioner. Mm -hmm. Uh, the construction of a project has different phases. I, I've been 28 years in the construction industry. Okay, aware. but I'm, so I'm going to sort of bring that towards the the issue of funding. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as you know, part of what we have to do um, is um, it has to do with some of our DRI um, issues. If we have to find money to address any DRI issues, that's money that we don't have today to do that. If we're going to, um, we do this project depending upon how we do it, um, if you need to sort of start the project with getting some um, A&E dollars, if, if you will, if you, as you well know, um, we did um, purchase some property. So there's, we've incurred a lot of expenses to date um, at some point, we're going to have to go to the market to to um, make sure that we can pay those bills. Mm -hmm. So you, we've incurred a lot of expenses to date. We'll incur a lot of other expenses before there's actual a shovel in, in the ground. And so, what we're, what I'm trying to say to you is that um, we will need money in advance of an actual shovel in the ground. 
to, to pay for all the lead up to the actual construction. Okay, uh, Ms. Henry, if, if I might, um, can I ask um, Ina Lee to come back up through yes. you? Yes, <laughs> you. I'm just trying to get an industry, industry perspective on something that was said. Um, good morning. Uh, so from a perspective of what you've heard, and I'm putting you in, in the same uh, group of uh, supporters as the restaurant lodging chamber workshop and and the hoteliers um one of the things that i heard was that this this board listens to the tdc so i'm not going to debate that but i know that we've had a question in the past if that was necessarily the case would you say that um I, that has not always been the case mm -hmm. and people change okay um so one of the things that i would just ask a very simple question and then i'm either on board or i'm not um it, are you and would you believe the industry, the hospitality industry, would be comfortable moving forward with this without either of that language? And one, one of the things, let me just stipulate that one of the, one of the comments was, was talked about, well, if you, if you give it to a specific cause, it's, it's, it's actually wasteful because you're saying go spend it on that cause, and that cause was marketing and advertising. Are you, from what the conversation you've heard, uh, are you and your representatives of the tourism industry comfortable moving forward with this? So... Let me backtrack. Um, after everything I've heard, and which is what I said when I came up here, I think that um, we don't want to handicap the ability to finance this project. So I think it would be wise to take the sunset date off. That's my opinion. Okay, I haven't gone back to the Broward workshop with this, obviously. Um, so that would alleviate that concern. But the concern still is, and it's not you have to spend it by a certain date or there's waste is the industry's perspective, and by the way, it's not just individuals coming into the market. We are competing for group business, and one of the ways that we compete for group business is we have a lower tax. So when people are comparing A against B, that penny makes a difference when you're talking at a large group level and large groups are what create the compression in the marketplace. That's why the hoteliers are for the expansion of the convention center and the penny be used for that, but if that doesn't happen, then the penny, although there's no sunset date, be rescinded. So that's the background of that, but without a specific date in place. And over time, unfortunately, not particularly with this board, but other boards and people change, we've seen the TDT used for purposes that, the, first of all, bypassed the TDC, or the TDC did not vote on in favor of. So... Um, so there's a, okay. and certainly there's been a move in Tallahassee, okay, for expanding the use of the TDT for law enforcement, for other things that the okay. industry doesn't support, right? So this is a long-term penny that's being put in place that's now, if God forbid or the goddess forbid, um, the convention center doesn't get built. Then we want to make sure there's some safeguards in the process so that the penny just doesn't keep on going in perpetuity because that's what you're doing without putting any restrictions on it. So how you do that legally without hampering the process, um, I don't know. I'm not an attorney. And I think that, but that's the concern of the industry. If you were to ask the industry right now, do we want an extra penny if the convention center doesn't happen, they would say no. Okay, so at this, can I do, I'm going to do a point of order here at this time. Thank you, Ms. Lee. You can take a seat. Um, we have 
It's 11.43 a.m. We've had uh, six commissioners speak in favor of keeping the item the same. We only need six to pass the item in its current state. There's, um, uh, out, of, out of the people that are present and on the phone, we, ha we do have enough to just move this item forward at this time. I'm gonna go ahead and call the question because we have a lot of items left on the, on the agenda. Merit. So at this time, we have six that have spoken in favor of the item as it stands without any amendments, without any amendments. So Commissioner LaMarca said he didn't make a motion. He still hasn't made a motion. He does not have a second to any motion that he's making right now. Do you have a second? Okay, so. Uh, Mayor, Mayor, uh, I would like to, I would second uh, Commissioner LaMarca's motion if you would revise it to the language which is consistent with what the industry has spoken to, that if the funds are not used for expansion of the convention center, that they be used exclusively for marketing. It's the lifeblood of, of building this tourism industry. So that means you would just go ahead and move, move the, the, the Geller amendment and, and we could, you know, we Geller deal with- Geller withdrew his amendment. But somebody else could pick it up and, and Commissioner, Commissioner Lamarca could move that amendment. Uh, you know, when you talk about the Tourist Development Council, okay. they, give us, they give us advice, but they don't they, appropriate the money. So no, they they're not. asking that we take their advice and incorporate it into this spending plan on the penny. And I, I believe it's well-founded and that I would support Lamarca if you don't put the, the sunset date. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, Mayor, I'm going to make a motion. Thank you. Um, so with respect to, to that, I actually had a previous... Uh, I did have a previous uh, amendment that was exactly what Commissioner Keller put forward. Why don't you move that? I'll second uh, that. I'm going to move that without the sunset. Just and and it, this won't. This cannot hamper any of the bond work or any of the other things if we don't have a date. But it will at least tell the tourism industry that we were we're dedicated to putting those dollars into marketing and advertising. I think I've heard that from everybody here. So I just want to make sure that we at least have that. When we say we. There's no amendments and no restrictions. I think we want to let them know that we want, we want people to come to this destination. Because when they stop coming, uh, we may have more money in, in uh, TDT dollars than we know what to do with it because they're not coming. So I, I, w I would make that uh, change in my amendment uh, as a motion and uh, looking for... Okay. I, I, already, I seconded point, it. You had a motion and you had a second. That's an amendment to the item at this time. We will first vote on the amendment to the item. And I, Mayor, I have a point of information. Yes. I just want to follow up one question with Ms. Lee. Commissioner Udine, you I, want to talk to who? Yeah, I just want to follow up on one thing that she said. To Ms. Lee? Please. I, I, I'm not... Can I, you please mute your phone? Commissioner Geller and Commissioner Holness, please mute your phone. When the, when the TDC... I have been muted, Madam Mayor. Okay. When the TDC board met to hash out this issue? Yes. Were they presented with economic information on what the penny would do to the demand of the hoteliers in the area? Is, was there a presentation made that if this goes up by a penny, this is X number of business we're gonna lose, or if it stays the same, we're gaining more? Wasn't economic? No, there no their, their TDC motion, okay, which I'm assuming you have, was to support the extra penny Okay. No, no, no. I, 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 got, okay. I got that. But what I'm saying is we didn't hash this part of the issue out here. I'm just curious if you guys did. I, 
Everybody, you, you just made a comment that you're competing against other areas and with groups. I agree with that. Um, my question is, was there a presentation? I, I support what you want to do on this. I support the dollars. I support it being for mm -hmm. marketing. Was there a business presentation made that if this goes to, from an extra penny is added on, you will lose X number of room nights? No. Okay. But if you take a look at who makes up the Tourist Development Council, you have Ed Walls from The Diplomat. You have, Andrew, you have major hoteliers on, on the, no, no, on the no, I, council, I so they know, I would assume they, you know, they right. know what they're talking about. I, I, I'm, I know that they know what they're talking about. Right. And I know that the penny, I don't even, we keep calling it a tax. I don't even call it a tax. No one has to pay this if they don't want to. They just won't use this region, but my point is, you're not going to have any decreased demand mm -mm. to this region unless you have evidence that shows me that you're going to have that. They, they didn't do it in detail, Commissioner, but if you take a look at the diplomat, which relies on major group okay. business, right. part of their bargaining the point has got to be that He's it's a lower team. tax. Than what? Than other competing destinations they're competing against. Not in South, not in not in Florida. Sure, it is Miami. Miami has a higher tax. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So this, but what I'm saying is, so there, this penny brings them no higher than where Miami. I think it was lower than where Miami. We're still was. lower yeah. than Miami, so we still, and we're still uh, lower than Tri County that, area. We don't lose that argument, is what I'm trying to say. Or no, no economics we were presented to show. They weren't we were presented that way. Okay. To answer your question. All right, thank you. Okay, I'm going to call in the county attorney. He said he had something to say. Mayor, just briefly, if there was going to be a motion and a, a second on what sounds like the Commissioner Lamarca Amendment and the Senator Geller Amendment are, I think, the same at this point. There were a couple of words that I think should be added. A concern was raised this morning. I don't share the concern, but adding these words does not create any downside. So I would ask uh, if that could be included as a friendly amendment. And the words are on uh, line eight of the amendment sheet. Uh, just uh, the, the sentence starting on line six says the high tourism impact penny shall be used, and then there's a strike through. Right now it says solely for the expansion, repair, et cetera. I would just like before the word solely for the word, so it would now say shall be used and may be pledged. Uh, I, so basically it could be used as security for financing. The, the statute, I think, already provides for that, but given that the concern was raised, I would like to, for that to be included if the amendment is approved by the board. Okay. Okay. And, and Commissioner Bolgan asked, wanted to ask a question of the county attorney. Yes. Um, will any restrictions that are put on possibly cause us to cost more in the bond market or in financing? I would defer to Ms. Henry, but I, 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 her concerns certainly are valid. Are we, is it still the same? If we have re any restrictions on this, will it cost our taxpayers more money? I'm, I'm sorry. You, if, if the, you're talking about if the sunset, the automatic sunset, is removed and these remaining restrictions? Correct. Okay. We still have remaining restrictions. Yeah. Will that cost, could it possibly cost our taxpayers more money? The restriction that would cost money would be the restriction that would have a, an automatic sunset Which in, the, uh, in the item. So let's just finish the sentence that okay. take away that sunset restriction, and you're saying that to get financing, the other restrictions that are there would not cost the county any more money or a pose a problem. As a matter of fact, um, if you're in the market, 
and you want to uh, pledge those funds solely for that project. So, no, it wouldn't hurt. Okay, thank you. Okay. So at this time, I'm going to take up Commissioner Lamarca's amended motion to the item that was amended with the county attorney's wording, and it was seconded by Commissioner Ryan. I'll need a show of hands, and for those on the phone, I'll need you to, to uh, give us a second and so we can record your vote after I've done the um, persons that are on the dais. Yes, Commissioner Rich. Yes, I just want to make sure. The amendment that we're looking at, which is the Geller Amendment, um, does call for a, a repeal. Mm -hmm. So I want to just make sure that that is what we're talking about. That does not affect bonding or that's still in here. And I'm still not so supporting it. I'm just, I'm asking so, a question. It doesn't he, he took out the sunset. Okay, well, the, what we have here that's the Geller Amendment still has uh, something that says uh, imposition and levy of the high. No, that's deleted. That is deleted. Yes. Okay. So, what's so, the so what, what is the, yeah. If, if the like funds are I'm not used for expansion of the convention center, then that penny must be used exclusively for marketing the destination. And that's too much money. Um, okay. Or so pledged. I, I couldn't support that anyway. All right. So let me go ahead and take up the, the vote on the, on the uh, amended motion. So all those in favor of Commissioner Lamarca's amendment, raise your hand and say aye. All those opposed, raise your hand and say nay. 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 Okay. Nay. All right, so that's two on the phone. So Geller and Holness are nays. You got one, two, three, four, five from the dais, so that's fails. Seven to two. So okay. So was against Geller's amendment? Yes. yes. Okay. Correct. Sure. Okay, so now item number 61 in its current format without an amendment. I have, do I have a motion? So have a second? So okay, all those in favor signify by saying aye and raising your hand. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Okay, so I've got two ayes on the phone. That's Geller and Holness. And I've got. I also raised my hand. Six. Okay. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay, and then I have all those opposed? I have one nay. No. I have one nay. Okay, so that passes eight to one. So that concludes item number 61. Thank you. See, Chip, it wasn't about you. Okay, so. I just didn't have the clout. It's 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's 11.53. I'm going to go back at 11.54. I'm going to go back to the item that we were on, which was item number 18. I completed 18. my remarks, Madam Mayor. Thank you. I'm going back to item number 18. At this time, I had a cue that was still going. Commissioner Geller had concluded his remarks. He said he might ask for a 30-day postponement. Um, Commissioner Bogan was next in queue, followed by Commissioner Rich, followed by Commissioner Lamarca. Please continue, Commissioner Bogan. I'd like to start off by reading an email that was sent to every commissioner on this dais on July 7th. And it says, and I'm just gonna paraphrase, my mother-in-law is 91. She had a 12.30 pickup date at 1.30, no one arrived. My wife contacted them, they said it was driver was close, 30 minutes later, still no pickup. 
another email. I can go on and on about wait times of call center wait times, nothing but complaints and problems. I've spoken as much as I really like Chris Walton. I think he does a great job, Madam Administrator. I think we got a problem. And the problem is we should have had a pilot program a year ago, and I would ask you to put people in a room and get this done in a week. This is ridiculous. A pilot program, the taxi industry, you know, Chris Walton was up there saying we're searching for a solution and the taxi cabs are not ADA trained, but in fact, he's got 170 ADA drivers that are trained. In fact, he saves 50% to our taxpayers. Let me say that again. 50% every pickup practically could be saved by using a taxi cab. Uh, I, I don't get the problem. Plus, we pay for these vehicles maintained, don't we? We maintain these vehicles. Yes. The, the, the taxi industry maintains their own vehicles. So not only are we 50% cheaper uh, to our taxpayers, but we have savings on vehicles. We've been asking to put a pilot program together for a long time. I don't understand why. The, you know, I asked my fellow commissioners to join in. Um, this, I, I, I spoke a couple weeks ago. There's always excuses. We need a pilot program. We need to save the taxpayers' money, and we need to be more responsive to the most vulnerable people in this county, and that's the seniors. There shouldn't be go one more day why a senior who's disabled and needs a TOPS program has to wait when we can use the taxi industry. So I'm totally in favor of what Commissioner Geller said, even more so, I think we should abandon this right now. I don't think we should even put it up for 30 days. We don't need more vehicles. We have over 170 trained drivers with vehicles at no cost, except we say 50% every time we use them. And um, I'm gonna support what Commissioner Geller said. I don't think we should move forward on this. I think we need to save our taxpayers money and we could do it right now and let's get it done. Thank you. Commissioner Rich. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I, I just want to say um, that on this past week, we had a town hall meeting. Uh, it was uh, noticed. Sunshine. Sunshine, exactly. Uh, Commissioner Udine and I were at a town hall meeting at Dan Cantor Senior Center, um, where we had a lot of seniors expressing their concerns, their experiences, and their desires for improvement in the system. There was one 92-year-old woman who I probably will never forget. She's about four feet nine. Her name is Edith Greenblatt, 92 years old. And she stood up, with her, has her walker stood up and said, my mind, my, my body is blown, but my mind is fine. And then she started to explain all the things and issues that have been expressed here. I can't tell you how many calls we've had in our office about people being stranded, people not being picked up on time, people being picked up too, way too early after the dispatcher said it was that they were coming at another time, to people in the same apartment complex calling to be picked up and taken to Dan Cantor Senior Center, and two different uh, buses come to the same complex to pick them up at basically the same time. Uh, as as uh, Edith Greenblatt said when, uh, when it was mentioned that this is done by a computer algorithm and she said, then you need to get rid of that and go back to doing it by hand because it's not working. So the bottom line is it is not working. And um, 
I think that we need to try to use all the solutions possible, all the solutions in front of us. And one of them, I think, is to work with uh, the cab companies, the company to, uh, to see how they can help us. They do have drivers, they have cars. Uh, I know that there are some issues with ADA, but I feel sure that somehow we can work this out. We cannot buy our way out of this with vehicles. I mean, we, we know the growth of this in Broward County. Uh, just by what we've had to put in the budget last this past year for tops, so uh, I think we need to, to to think before we go out and and we may want to buy more vehicles, but I think it needs to be part of a greater solution. And everybody that can be a part of the solution needs to be a part of the solution and included in it. So I would like to see us delay this and have an opportunity for uh, for the transportation uh, department and, and Chris and his folks to meet with. Uh, Mr. Camillo and anybody else who feels that they can be uh, an active part of this solution before we go out and just arbitrarily buy more vehicles. Madam Mayor, if you can put me the, back in the queue for purposes okay. of making a motion. Wonderful. The next person in queue is LaMarca, followed by Eudine, followed by Geller. Thank you. Uh, I feel like I'm on a merry-go-round up here sometimes. One minute we're trying to save people taxes and next minute we're, we're not, but whatever. Um, Ms. Uh, Ms. Henry, maybe you can answer this or somebody from legal. Um, the restrictions or the requirements that were mentioned uh, by Mr. Uh, Walton with regard to ADA, background checks, requirements, class, those different things, um, th those are specific to ADA? Correct, or do we want to? I'll have Mr. Walton come so he can clarify if I if I've, I've misstated this, but this is ADA as it relates to transportation. So okay. they have their specific rules okay. um, to make sure that a person who's not disabled um, doesn't get better service than someone who Understood. is disabled. Right, and we have discussed with Williams. Williams. <laughs> Excuse me, with the attorneys. If you want a legal interpretation. I just want to know if they're required to have a specific ADA um, uh, training and certificate to, to, to pick up wheelchair-bound folks. Taxi cabs? Anybody. Yeah, I mean, they could have all the certifications. What we're trying to do <clears throat> is make sure that the county isn't liable okay. for any deficiencies or any issues that occur from an ADA perspective from any taxi cab or any other Understood. provider. So... <clears throat> In that same vein, do we require, and, and I'll say that we didn't require them to have a percentage of vehicles that were equipped, wheelchair accessible vehicles, but do Uber, Lyft, Bob's Transit, John's Limo service, do we require them the same thing? We can't require anything. Then why, any, do, why, why do we make him? We, we don't make him. We, so, we, we don't have a contractual relationship with any cab company. Okay. They do what they want to do because they so, choose to do it. We then don't have a relationship with Uber or Lyft or anybody. Okay. So then why, why are we have a need, and Commissioner Rich brought it up. I mean, it, I, the, the point that I need. I think, you're, I think you're trying to get an assist here. Hold on one second. Oh. <laughs> Good morning. Angela Wallace with the county attorney's office. Commissioner LaMarco, the ADA requirements come into play if we contract with an entity to provide the services. So in our regulations, we don't have a, 
a requirement for accessible vehicles to, to license taxi cabs, but if the county contracts to provide the paratransit service with another entity, a TNC, a cab company, or anyone, then the ADA requirements uh, that are imposed, imposed upon the county have to be imposed upon the contractors. Does okay. that answer your question? It, it does. It does. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to acquire that information and then still get to where Commissioner Bogan and I, and I think any sane, rational human being would be, and that's to make sure that we can use every resource at our fingertips to get people around so they don't have to um, you know, w go through a waiting process or, or, or possibly miss an appointment and not have medical treatment or, or whatever it might be. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, we, we um, I don't know, I'm certain that Mr. Camilla may not have believed this before, but I, but I want everybody to have opportunity for business in Broward County. And certainly when people can pick up uh, a piece of, uh, business and help us deliver services without having to go buy new capital and have more county uh, county resources, whether it's whether it's human capital or or, or vehicles. Um, why, you know, from a legal standpoint, why not? And and then and then if that's the case that they have to because they're under contract, um, how can we do that for you know? How can we do that for anybody who wants to come and do this? I mean, I I, I see a summary in front of us that that has a solution. And we, we just need to figure out how to get there without, without uh, you know, if, if the board, if the majority of the board decides they don't want to spend money on additional capital. So the pilot program that's being proposed uses the, uh, a, a separate payment option whereby the paratransit um, passenger, the client, has the ability to select who they want to use for their transportation services and pay them directly rather than having a contract with the county. So that the county's not selecting the, the paratransit provider, the client is, and then there's a separation um, with regard to the legal ADA requirements. Okay, so that, that is not, that's not a restriction on them anymore? Or Correct, because we're not contracting with them directly, the okay. client is they selecting made, they've the made mode their own of transportation. Decision. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mayor? Mayor, yes. there's just one thing I need. I, yes, I just want to make sure that I clarify. So this item is authorizing the the transit director to apply for a grant. This is we're going to go to the federal government and ask them to provide us money. We may or may not get it, but it's submitting a grant application for us to um, bring additional vehicles into our current fleet. The, uh, Mr. Walton explained that today we don't have spares. All of our vehicles, because of the growth in our system, they're on the road. And so what we're trying to do, and, 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 I, and I do, I applaud the staff for really trying to think outside the box here. If we're able to uh, now uh, effectively integrate that service so that we can assure that a passenger who needs a wheelchair accessible vehicle versus one that's ambulatory, they're treated the same, and we could do that with a, uh, a less expensive vehicle, we should want to do that. And that would allow us to take some of those vehicles that's on the road that should be somewhere in service to be set aside for the proper servicing. So this isn't using funds that we currently have. This is applying for a grant so that we can um, spread out our fleet. I just want to make sure that, that, that that's clear. Let me just add a little bit to that. 
Those funds are actually available now. They are federal funds that are passed through the state. If we don't take advantage of those funds, if we don't capture those funds, they will go someplace else. If we don't act now to secure those funds, then the funds are at risk. Okay. Thank you. All right. The next person that I have in queue is Commissioner Udine, followed by Mayor. Deller. Thank you, Mayor. Mayor, would you put me in the queue, please? Okay. I was going to say something yep. similar to what Ms. Henry said. So I was at the town hall, and uh, we were at the Canner Center, and the real issue is it's, it's a demand issue, obviously. Everybody realizes that. The, the pilot program that we were talking about over the last year, I think, should be implemented as quickly as it can be implemented. But that wasn't a plan to just give this to the taxi cabs because we can't just give this to the taxi cabs legally. What we can do is we can do this debit card plan, that what we had been talking about, and then the person that wants to use the service has a choice to use it. And I'm assuming that a big percentage of that would go to the taxi cabs or to go to the TNCs, if that's what they desire. But like Mr. Walton said at the town hall, um, there's a serious demand issue in Broward County for this service. We need these additional cars. We need these additional cars whether we do this pilot program anyway. I told the, the, the seniors when I spoke to them at the town hall that I'm going to do my level best to bring more capacity into this system. And here's a way for me to bring 44 sedans into the system for basically for free. I'm, I'm not delaying this. I'm voting for this today. You guys can delay this if you want. Right. I think we should vote for this today. I think we should use this debit program and work the debit program because I think still when we do that, let this debit program be as successful as they want. Let them take all the business away from the county. We'll figure out what to do with the cars. I highly doubt that's going to happen, A. And B, the second we move away from this paratransit contract that we have, if you think this is going to be a 20 or 30 day ordeal, we have a paratransit contractor that's going to be in here to say, wait a second, you're in violation of your paratransit contract, and then we're going to start on that route. So I want to do the debit cards. I want to do it tomorrow if we can do it. But I also want to make sure that we put these 44 cars in our fleet to protect our seniors who are worried about this tomorrow and the next day. I just think that's the way to go on this. I don't think it costs us a whole heck of a lot of money. And my goal up here is to make sure that we're as fiscally responsible on every issue. And I think this is an easy way to do it. And let's do them both. Give it to the taxi cabs. Let them, let them pick somebody up, but put these 44 cars in our fleet. Thank you. Commissioner Geller, followed by Vice Mayor Farr. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, it's not just the cost of obtaining the cars, it's the cost of operating them. I, I think that I've heard substantial consensus from the uh, dais that they do want to see this program move forward. And I don't know if the TNCs will be able to participate, because if they have to be ADA compliant, maybe that'll limit it to one or two or three taxi companies. But we've already heard Mr. Camillo deal with the, at least the ADA issues that, that they appear to be compliant. I do not, however, want to spend our time right now trying to adjudicate this issue issue uh, or, you know, or pass ordinances on the fly. And that's why I've suggested that we delay this for 30 days 
and I will now move that we delay this for 30 days and instruct staff that they to come up. And by the way, I have met with uh, county attorneys specifically on the issue of whether or not, if it's structured properly, if if we can legally do this without fear of of a successful lawsuit, because anybody can file from okay. the uh, from the paratransit, and I think that we can. So I move that we no, delay this matter Geller. for 30 days. Commissioner Geller, and yes, it, we have five people left in queue. So if you like, I can put you at the end for you to do that. But I would like to hear from the other commissioners before we do anything like that. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. That's fine, Madam Mayor. Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. Um, I would not support a delay on this. I think we need to go ahead and, and um, apply for the grant, get the grant. And these are two different issues entirely. They are. This is, this is I don't, we've conflated it into, you know, where it didn't need to be conflated. Do we need to start the Writer's Choice Program, which I know um, uh, Mr. Walton is working on? Absolutely. I would like to see it begin, rather than waiting for, like, I know, I know you would like to see it where everybody could, could, could go to not only taxis, but to TNCs, et cetera. My suggestion is don't wait that long. Go ahead and start it with the taxi company now, as if, especially if they already have, you know, allow that Writer's Choice to begin now. We can add on. We don't have to wait for them all to go, come uh, be available at once. Uh, I, think, I think you're hearing loud and clear here, we want that program to begin as quickly as possible. But like I said, this is two different issues entirely. We should vote on this today, support it, get the grant, get the vans, allow for those other vans to go into service when necessary. You don't want to have, you don't want to have any, the other thing, you don't want to have them fall apart on the road because they're not being able to be serviced. Then you're going to have somebody waiting a really long time. So we don't want to see that happening. So I, I uh, would like to make a motion to go ahead and approve this. I know you have some people in the... In the four more. I'll wait. I'll wait on the motion. I'll, I'll so you call you for your... Good. You right. can make your motion. I'm going to make a motion to go ahead and approve this. Okay. Do you have a second on that motion? Second. Okay. So we'll have the, um, a motion and a second on the original item for approval. We also have um, a motion for uh, deferral, which has, doesn't have a second as of yet, but we will get to that. Um, I have Commissioner Rich in queue, followed by Commissioner Ryan, followed by Bogan. Okay. Okay. So. Um, and Commissioner Holmes wants to be in queue. You are in queue. I, I totally, just didn't say your name, but you're there. I totally agree that these are two separate issues, and it is basically what I said. We can, but we can't buy our way out of this. We can buy this. I seconded this. I agree. We need to get these. But. I believe that uh, Mr. Walton said at the meeting uh, the other day that there were 3,000 trips a day. Is that correct? <coughs> 3,000 trips a day. <coughs> some days there are 3,000, some days there are more, some days there are less. Okay. So we have an average of 3,000 a day. So we don't, we don't have uh, capacity, for sure, to, to deal with this. And in addition, um, we are looking at a, a call center that has significant deficiencies. Um, so I think it's perfectly fine that we go ahead with this. This is a grant. We, we get it. But I don't want us to think that, that, that buying these is going to enable us to move out of this difficulty. It is yeah. not. It is too much. We have 3,000 on an average of, call, of trips a day. People were saying... They, when they call in, they can't give them a time because, and, or the driver gets there and there's no bus. 
so we know that we don't have the capacity so again i'm fine with this but we need to look at and have everybody sit down the table since i got to this day it's last november we've been discussing this and nothing has changed basically these people are still having the same issues we haven't gotten the pilot and all of that together is still not going to be enough. So I think we need to all sit down, have everybody sit down, and try and figure out how everyone can be a player in this, whether it's in the pilot, whether it's a rider's choice, or whatever way that we can do it, so that we can solve the needs of our constituents, because these are all of our constituents. Thank you. The next person in queue is Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner, you recognize that uh, this is a narrow issue, which, which I do support. I think all of the members are going to support. It's being used as a platform to go into a much larger issue, and I, I think that Commissioner Udine w was pretty much there. So we came up with this pilot project because we recognized that on these paratransit trips, some of them are for people that go two miles. Other people go 30 miles. So we have a fixed rate with the vendors that operate the paratransit um, contract now what we were trying to accomplish in the pilot project is for those people that take short trips uh, two miles three miles go to the doctor you know whatever you're going you're going to go to the grocery store why pay thirty dollars for the paratransit when you can use a TNC or a cab company and you could pay fifteen dollars as a max perhaps even less but you, you know you can be subsidized up to fifteen dollars per trip so that does make a significant uh, uh, effect in the number of trips that have to be handled by our paratransit vendors. And that will lower the time. We just have to have an educational campaign so that people know for a short trip, you can, you can get it done a lot faster. But if you're going to go 30, 40 miles, you're going to have to wait for the regular paratransit. If you go with a cab company or a TNC, it may cost you $100 for that trip. And, and we have a contract with our vendor to pay no more than 30. So it's only going to work for the short trips. But we ought to move on this pilot project. I mean, I'd like to see what the data is, and I'd like to expand and have an educational campaign so we can, so we can drive down the wait times, uh, we can free up some of those shorter trips, and in fact save the county a lot of money. This is a very large component, paratransit, of our total transit contract, and we need to look at innovative ways, bringing market forces in to lower our cost. Thank you. The next person in queue is Commissioner Bogan. Followed by wholeness. Mr. Walton, can I talk to you for a second? Can you come up, please? We met a couple weeks ago in my office regarding all this, correct? Yes, we did. Okay. And one of the issues had to do with the call center. You were going to come back to the commission for more money because the call center was so busy, they didn't have enough people. Where is the agenda item for more money? We have a, there's a process we have to go through to do that. Yeah, I, do I need to put it on next week? I'm happy no, to do no, that. We there's a sunshine, sunshine, sunshine negotiation meeting is scheduled for this Thursday. Okay, we I'm going to tell you right take, now. We anticipate it will take one meeting. Okay, I'm putting on a status agenda item next week for the call center for the pilot program, and every week I'm going to put it on agenda item until, excuse me, Tim, until this is done. I think this is not involving people like my. These are vulnerable senior citizens that need attention now. It's my feeling, I think Commissioner Rich joins that and, and other commissioners, and um, I wanted to ask you the 44 vans, now Commissioner Udine believes that that's gonna add an excess amount. Those vans will only be used to replace, correct me if I'm wrong, to replace vans that are down, disabled. It doesn't increase the volume of 44 more drivers, does it? 
Well, right, right now, again, it, it would provide us a maintenance spare. A spare. It would probably give, give us you know, what, we like, what we would like to do, ideally, would be to have a 10% maintenance spare. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with it. I actually agree, and I'm using this regarding a much bigger problem, as Commissioner Ryan said. I agree we should apply for the federal grant. There's no downside. But I want to make sure Commissioner Dean and others know this does not give any extra volume. At least 44 vans are being used more as I, I, for spare. I understand. Okay, good. That's not what I said. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'd like to ask Mr. Camillo a question. Mr. Camillo, can you come up for a second? Make it real quick. How many drivers do you right now have trained for ADA, like similar to our drivers that are trained for the paratransit program? We have 170 drivers with vehicles. That are trained? That are trained. Same background checks? Same background checks, drug testing, DOT. 23 of those vehicles are accessible. Um, one thing I want to, uh, I, I used to be a TD commissioner on the state commission. The overall program has to comply with ADA. You can contract with portions or different entities to provide the accessible vehicle, others to do the ambulatory, so long as your total overall program complies with the requirements of the uh, Americans with Disability Act. That's what you need to accomplish, and that's where your ADA exposure comes from. So you could have one company that did nothing but accessible vehicles, one company that did nothing but ADA vehicle, I mean, uh, uh, um, uh, okay. uh, ambulatory, and so it, it, it just so long as your total program complies, that's the requirement of the ADA. Have you been contacted, John? About have you been contacted about the pilot program yet? Uh, no, sir. Wait a second, Mr. Camillo. Nobody from the counties contacted you about the pilot program. Is that what you're saying? I reached out, and I have not heard anything uh, in the last month since we spoke. And uh, I was at the uh, at the uh, Cantor Center on okay. Friday. Thank you, Chris. The gentleman next to you, to your to your right, uh, my left. I'm sorry, I forget your name. Paul. Paul, can you come up? Paul, I spoke to you at a workshop meeting, you were sitting there, and I asked if you were in touch, and I believe you told me, yes, you were in touch yep. with Mr. Camillo uh, regarding the pilot program. That is correct. Okay, he's just saying right now that he hasn't been contacted. I'm sorry, that's not correct. Okay, so you've talked to him about the pilot program. We held a meeting for the industry before we launched. He was there. I have the sign-in sheet with his name on it. Okay, after we that. We had multiple phone calls since then. Paul, it's been a year. I'm talking about we met a couple weeks ago in my office specifically about this, and you assured me that you'd be on it. We had a phone call the morning after we met with you. You called him the morning afterwards? He called me. Oh, he called you. Okay. And um, we called. And has we there been follow-up? Not there... since that phone call. Okay. That's why I am putting it on the agenda next week and follow-up. I want to let you know that's what well, I want to do. Mr. Camillo doesn't represent the entire tax industry. I know industry. he doesn't. But I, reach out to every taxi company, everybody. We, we need just a, got a list we, of all the taxi companies yesterday for us to move forward. Yeah, we need to reach out to all the taxi companies. Yes. They're waving back there. Let's I agree. Go. This is not just for Mr. Camillo. I totally agree. Yep. But, you know, it's about, you know, I know this sounds awful, but it's about the dog waving the tail or the tail waving the dog. We voted as a commission yep. to do a pilot program, and it's been a year. Well, we have not identified the payment solution. Right? Once I have the payment solution in place, then we can engage the taxi More industry. More than a year. Okay. This is inexcusable. I really find it uh, unacceptable. Okay. It, 
I hear you, Commissioner. I've heard all of you. We understand what we want to, we all want to accomplish the same thing, and we are committed to doing that. Okay, so I'm going to come back next week. I want to talk about the call center being increased with call operators so it doesn't take 40 minutes for somebody to answer a phone. There's, and the second thing is where we are with the pilot program and assume that you guys are going to meet with all the taxi people and not just in, in, in get something done. We shouldn't make that assumption that we'll meet with all of them. We will, in, we will Invite contact all them. them and we will make them aware of what we're doing, okay. whether or not they participate is up to them. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Um, Commissioner Holness, you're next in queue. Commissioner yeah, Holness. Thank you, Mayor. Thank, thank, thank you. I had to unmute my phone. Uh, uh, as it pertains to us getting these additional vehicles, uh, I like uh, the fact that we're going to get some of our uh, people's tax dollars back to Broward County by doing this and that it's serving a good purpose. Uh, so I, I, I believe we ought to go ahead with that. Uh, but I am as unhappy as, uh, as my fellow commissioners uh, with the fact that we have not implemented this program with the taxi. Uh, let me ask a couple of questions, uh, if I may. In terms of the, t the, the current uh, providers, we are now exceeding what we had uh, allocated to them in terms of any contractual obligation we have. Uh, am I correct, uh, Mr. You're, Walter? You're correct. So, so, so we're not going to have any, I hear about lawsuits. I don't think that would be an issue. I shouldn't think so anyhow, uh, that that can be successful. Uh, the other question I have, and, and this probably would go to both Mr. Walton, and I know that there's an issue with payment solution, and maybe Mr. Camilla can weigh in, and maybe he, because he's such a large entity doing this stuff, can help us with this solution in finding a, a, a intermediary to provide for the payments. Where are we with that, uh, Mr. Walton and Mr. Camilla? Can you, uh, do you have some, some solutions to that? We think we do. We, we have a demonstration on tomorrow uh, of a vendor who um, is actually performing the service in a number of cities around the United States. And uh, we should have some information shortly thereafter uh, whether or not it applies. So we believe it, the solution will work here but until we've actually had the demonstration, um, I, I, I would not want to commit to it, but I'm, I'm, I feel that, um, I, I think that the odds are pretty good. And, 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 and what I would probably be in favor of is the commission saying to, uh, to our staff that this program must be implemented within the next 30 days. However, we gotta get there, we find a way to get there. And usually when we have a time, uh, frame to get something done within, uh, we usually find a way to get it done. Uh, uh, and I think and I think time's passed for us to have gotten this done. And I, I hear the solution with payments and other issues, but I think we really need to go full speed ahead with this right now. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, so at this time, commissioners. Oh. And I have one, one last question. One last, one last, I'm sorry. Uh, the payment, yeah. The payment that we are looking for from the, the taxis, I understand we're limited to the $15, and I hear that that might be some 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 constraints with them providing that uh, compared to what we're paying, I think, $30 now. Is there any way to increase that amount? 
one of the reasons we are looking at this as a pilot project um, is so that we can evaluate the very thing that you're asking. The, we came up with, um, we looked at what the average length of the trip is, and if you look at the average length of the trip and you look at what the average uh, meter rate is compared to what we um, what um, we pay the um, paratransit provider, that's how the $15 um uh, fee uh, came into play. The closer you move towards the provider in terms of upping that fee, you're going to find that you're going to lose in 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 effect your your efficiency. Okay. Uh, how how are we taking into consideration the fact that we're not going to be providing ma maintenance for these vehicles? Would that, that, that factor into uh, the, the the cost save? It is it is factored into the rate that the um, that the taxi meter uses today. I'm not sure I'm clear on that, but so you're saying that that fifteen dollars include the savings? I thought we're paying the the power transit average thirty per trip plus. We're maintaining those vehicles. We're, we're paying, um, I'll have to have someone clarify, but we were Mr. looking at about a savings of 50%. Yeah, and, and the, the paratransit vehicle, the paratransit providers are responsible for vehicle maintenance, so that is paid in their trip rate. Okay, all right, all right, thanks. Okay, commissioners, at this time it's 1228, and I'm going to conclude this item and go on break. We've had seven commissioners speak in favor of the item number 18. And so at this time, I know that, um, and, and against deferral. So I know Commissioner Geller wanted to proffer a motion of deferral. I can count, I withdraw. Thank you. Okay, so at this time, I have a motion on item number 18. Okay, and a second. All those in favor of item 18, signify by saying aye and raise your hand. Aye. aye. All opposed? Aye, and my hand is up. Okay, so I've got two um, yeses on the phone and on the dais. Okay, and then I have a no. Do I have any no's? Okay, perfect. That's a unanimous passage. Item number 18 is done. Thank you. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. You know, these guys down here... No, no, but th th they said they were hungry. Everybody just said they were hungry and to make sure I go on break on time. And then I get ready to go on break on time and then they want to sit here some more. What item is it? I, I... Wait a minute. But... I know, no, I, I don't have a problem. I'm just wait the hungry guy. You know what? You know what? I, I vote against that. He's a hurricane fan. They're doing way too good. No. <laughs> oh, you were all right, all right. All right, okay, okay, okay. Your motion fails. <laughs> Item number fifty one is a motion to adopt a resolution entitled which is follows. Resolution of the Board of County Commission of Broward County, Florida, for approving the, arrest, the, the request of Broward County property appraiser to waive the annual application requirement for a property tax exemption for certain totally and permanently disabled first responders and their surviving spouses, directing the transmission of a certified copy of this resolution to the Broward County property appraiser and providing for severability and an effective date. Um, can, can I, hold on. It was my item. Yeah, I know, but I have to take the public first. So I have one speaker signed up, which is Marty Care, Mr. Happy. Come on down. 
Oh, thank you very much, Mayor. And you do not look on a day older than 22 today. Without it, happy birthday. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be incredibly brief. I first want to thank Commissioner Bogan uh, for sponsoring this matter. I'd like to uh, also thank Commissioner Chip Lamarca for co-sponsoring this matter. I also appreciate the entire County Commission taking the time to talk to me about this. Uh, it is a very important issue, and here's what it does. You may recall in the last election, the people of Florida amended the Constitution to allow totally and permanently disabled first responders to have a full property tax break. Um, the legislature passed an implementing bill uh, that is very specific as to how to uh, get the tax exemption. Um, and we've given about 38 of these out for the 2017 tax year. Uh, what this would do, well, uh, for all exemptions under Florida law, uh, every exemption, including the homestead exemption, each year you have to make, uh, you have to actually physically go and file to get that exemption unless a two-step process happens. The property appraiser is allowed to ask the county commission to sponsor a resolution to make the process automatically renewed so that uh, certain folks do not have to every single year uh, come in and refile for the exemption. And uh, that's what this would do. It's a very good thing. These, are, these folks are totally and permanently disabled so that they'll never not be totally and permanently disabled. And what this will do, it will protect them. And I'll tell you why it is very important. You know, right now there are about 38 of these folks that have qualified for this exemption. They're true American heroes. And what I worry about is if this doesn't pass, then next year, out of those 38, maybe 35 will refile, but you maybe have two or three that for some reason may not do that, and they'll lose out on this very significant benefit that they've earned. And so with that said, I would definitely ask for your favorable support. And thank you so much again, Commissioner Bogan, for, for uh, sponsoring this item for me. You guys know this was on consent, right? I, I do. I mean, I I'm do. just saying, like, this was on consent. <laughs> Thank you. I like the Commissioner topic. Bogan. Yeah, um, America, I too. Yeah. Co-sponsor, oh I'm sure most yeah. of the commission will. Mr. Mr. Keir, real quickly. Um, Please you know, add I, me in also as a co-sponsor, Mayor. Okay, you got it's, it. It's hard to su support the item looking. Your shirt looks pretty tight. It looks, and it, and and it looks like you've gained some little hair as well up there. So I'm really well, I don't know what you're doing, I, but it uh, looks I good. Do, I do shop at Baby Gap, but that's important. You know what I mean? I'm proud to sponsor this item. I think our first responders uh, need this, and ask everybody to join in co-sponsoring. I think this is a great item, and uh, I second item 51. Okay, the item that was on consent has now been seconded again. <laughs> Everybody on the dais is voting affirmatively, and everybody's a co-sponsor, right? Thank you. I just really a, appreciate it. Just a point that. of order, and, and you, know, you know how much I just support so first responders. But is, there, is there a way really? we could delay this until after Saturday evening when Notre Dame and Miami's done playing? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, no. Okay. You know, it's a, you, know. you got my support. <laughs> okay, oh, so, so I've much. called the question. Thank you. All I those in favor that. of item 51 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Let the record show that that consent item passed unanimously once it was pulled off of regular. Thank you. And uh, Mayor, I want to let you know I actually said aye. <laughs> recessing the morning meeting, and we'll come back here at 2 o'clock. Thank you.
We left off on item number nine, 18. Do we have a motion on 18 yet? It was 18, yeah. No, we, finished with we finished 18. We did 50, 61. 61. 61 we did. And then we did. 51. We did 51. That was Okay, okay. We got rid of 51. We did 61. We're back on 18. We did 18. We finished it. Okay, so now we're 19. Okay. All right, guys. 19 is a motion to adopt a resolution directing the county administrator to publish notice of a public hearing to be held on Tuesday, December the 5th, 2017 at 10 a.m. in room 422 for the, of the Governmental Center to consider enactment of a proposed ordinance, the title of which is follows. An ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners, Broward County, Florida, pertaining to rabies registration amending sections 4-10 and 4-11 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances, establishing timeframes for licensed veterans to remit rabies vaccine certificates to Broward County for pet owners to obtain rabies registration tags and providing for severability inclusion in the code in an effective date. Was sponsored by Commissioner Lamarca. There are no audience polls on this item, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I'd like, there was, there is a, uh, there is additional material um, that I would like to see incorporated in, in this uh, item when it comes back for uh, public hearing. Uh, these additional, uh, these small changes were thoughtful revisions from the Animal Care Advisory Board, and they're attached in non-agenda item number two, and would like to see those incorporated when it comes back for public hearing. Okay. Do you have a motion? Motion to approve it with uh, those revisions incorporated into it uh, when it comes back. Second. I'd like to be a okay. second. Can I also be a co-sponsor on that? Yes. So I have a motion and a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those on the phone? Aye. Aye. Okay, so you've got two yeses on the phone. All right, so um, that, that concludes. Anybody for no? Any nays? Okay. All those, um, all, everybody noticed that the item 19 has passed unanimously with those on the dais and on the phone. Okay, and co-sponsors for um, Vice Mayor Furr? Yes, please. Anybody else want to co-sponsor? Okay, that's good. All right. Item number 20 was pulled by Commissioner Ryan. Commissioner Ryan, I do have one public speaker. Do you want to go before the public speaker? We'll hear, we'll hear from the public speaker first. Okay. So, uh, Mr. Rayner, can you please come forward? You have two minutes to speak. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Michael Rayner. Um, I serve as the Vice Chair of the uh, Broward County Human Rights Board. I'm speaking as an individual. Um, actually, uh, Commissioner Ryan, I was not going to be uh, pulling the item. I only put a uh, card in to speak because you did pull the item. And I just wanted to share, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to come back up and answer any to assist in terms of what actions the Human Rights Board took in review of this matter. Um, the board did take up the um, protected classes or consideration of the protected classes for uh, lawful source of income and for military status. Um, as ones that we took over a year actually to evaluate. Um, on military status, actually, um, Commissioner Lamarcker's appointee, um, Ben Sorensen, uh, who is in uh, the reserves, actually shared with us how Broward County is going to be getting a huge influx over the years um, of those in the military active and inactive service. Um, and it's something that he shared there are some concerns around. Uh, we heard from the uh, Mission United in terms of the struggle uh, they've had with um, getting some veterans um, into housing and some of the barriers uh, where some landlords were, just had a perception that 
um, all veterans had PTSD and other types of conditions, and uh, in some cases landlords did not want to um, provide a home uh, to people who selflessly given and sacrificed um, their time and service to our nation. Um, we didn't look at domestic violence um, as a um, victims of domestic violence as a category. However, I can tell you as a uh, former uh, victim advocate intern with the Broward State Attorney's Office who specialized in domestic violence issues that um, it's one I do personally support as well. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have um, on that in terms of the board. Thanks. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. All right, this resolution is being published for a public hearing. Uh, we'll expand, as it was stated, the protected classes with three additional categories. Uh, veterans, uh, it will prohibit discrimination based upon income and also uh, victims of domestic violence. Uh, my question um, is in reference to the definition of, of income as a protected category. You know, it mentions specifically when it provides the definition of income, it talks about um, uh, persons who receive any kind of uh, assistance or subsidy for housing. In, in particular, it mentions Section 8. Uh, I don't think that we would have a problem there because you have certain landlords that, that actually have to qualify in order to uh, accept the Section 8 money. So that I wouldn't see as a problem. But what I believe more frequently happens is... When a person um, fills out an application with a landlord uh, for housing, uh, they provide uh, evidence of income. And uh, the landlord frequently makes a determination of how much income comes from the prospective tenant and will that tenant be able to make the monthly uh, rent payments. And that's important in, in South Florida. And I know that uh, the sponsor, uh, Commissioner Rich, is very well aware of this because we have a, a large portion of our population that is income constrained. When you look at the cost for housing and transportation, frequently it takes up 60, 70 percent of a family budget. Uh, in particular, or there are a lot of people that have um, supplement their their income with food assistance. And that's the uh, the SNAP program, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Uh, I wanted to be certain that in that definition of income, that persons who receive um, a subsidy for, uh, for food assistance, they're going to be within the, the uh, definition of a lawful source of income. And, and I had spoken with the county attorney about it, and I believe you have somebody from your office that may be able to clarify this issue. Uh, I do. I can call up Assistant County Attorney Tricia Brissett. Uh, I think Ms. Brissett will tell you that uh, we think that it is covered uh, generally. It's also an inclusive list of income sources, but we certainly can make any amendments. Uh, this is just setting it for a public hearing. Ms. Brissett? Yes, that's correct. Um, thank you. SNAP is part, is part of SSI in certain situations, Commissioner. Specifically, if you have individuals getting SSI or you have couples getting SSI. But when it comes to household, there does seem to be some households where SNAP would be in addition to SSI. So as the county attorney has stated, um, there's no downside for us to add SNAP to the listing um, for the different list of source, sources of income. I, I realize that uh, you showed me one definition where within the category of, of SSI was food assistance, right. but it might be better to add that within the definition for clarification uh, because that, I, I think, could be a source of discrimination. And if somebody meets 
the ratios in order to, uh, to rent a unit, apartment or a house. They shouldn't be held back because uh, they're receiving uh, food assistance. Thank you. Okay. Uh, with that, yes, I, um, um, I support uh, item 20. Okay, so I had a motion on item 20. Do I have a second? Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? All those on the phone? Commissioner Geller yes, and Holness? Yes. Okay. All righty. Holness? Sometimes I vote with everybody else. Commissioner Holness? I don't, I don't I would I, like to be added on as a sponsor. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Hello? Yes. You want yeah, a co-sponsor? Like as a sponsor also. Yeah, and uh, I vote aye. Okay. Thank you. Mayor, just for clarification, right. we're going to put that in the, uh, the actual document amended, not as an amendment sheet, correct? It'll, yes. it'll be incorporated. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go out of order just uh, for a second. I have some people in the audience that said they have a flight to catch. I'm going to go to item number 63. Um, it's just a motion to approve a final ranking of the qualified firm for request for letters of interest number 20160425-0-AV-01 Airport Advertising and Display Concession at Broward County Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. The single rank firm is Clear Channel Airports, the incumbent concessionaire, and authorized staff to proceed with negotiations. There were no audience uh, speak cards filled out for this Mo Motion item. to approve. Second. second. Okay, so I have a motion and a second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Aye. I'm, so I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. No, no, I thought that you were voting. Sorry. No. Go ahead. Um, Commissioner Lamarck, I had a question. I had a, I had a, a question on this, and uh, possibly the county attorney might be able to an answer this. In reading the backup material to this, uh, there was an issue with regard to uh, at the time of uh, presentation or time of submittal that there was an uh, ACDBE um, mm -hmm. issue, uh, possibly where uh, didn't meet the numbers or the uh, information that was there did not qualify. Can you help with that? Uh, yes, sir, and certainly uh, Mr. McDonald could give additional specifics, but my understanding of it is that uh, after the initial submittal, it wasn't clear that the goal was met. An amended submittal clarified that and that the goal has been met. Uh, and that a recommendation was issued by uh, OESBD to the selection committee stating that the participation goal had been met. Uh, the selection committee, I believe as a result of that, found that the uh, responder was responsible, and at this point uh, the board could countermand that if it wishes, but I don't think that that ACDBE requirement uh, is still a, a valid concern. Okay, um, just help me then. Uh, if, if it was, and look, I know they're the only bidder on the, on the proposal, I understand that, but, but with regard to when it was submitted, if there was a, um, something lacking, as in when we had our courthouse bid and protests and, and legal issues with that, with the, the number one ranked firm, how is this different so that I can support it? My understanding, and I would, uh, I, there are certainly folks here who could speak to it in more detail, but my understanding is that it was a clarification that it had something to do with whether uh, the work that was being provided by a DBE firm uh, was more capital intensive work or was more maintenance intensive. Uh, but I would defer to uh, Mr. McDonald on that, who I think issued, uh, uh, issued the memorandum. Okay. Thank you. Mr. McDonald. Mm -hmm. 
Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioner, yes, Commissioner Lamarca, um, going into the actual uh, evaluation committee, there was the original submittal, and the original submittal did not meet compliance of the proposed goal. Again, as a part of the process, we always give time for the uh, responder to also correct that in that regard. They did correct it. However, they corrected it utilizing a NASIS code and an industry code that still wouldn't have been, would not have been acceptable. At the end of the day, prior to that meeting, we communicated with them directly and that NASIS code was changed. They did commit to meet the number originally recommended. So because of that, we did move that forward to the selection committee. Even if it had not been done at that time, because this is the federal program, not mm -hmm. the county's local program, they still could have went to that meeting. We could have been present at, present at that meeting and still asked, are you willing to commit to what the recommendation was? And had they committed on that day, we still could have made that recommendation. But they did satisfy our recommended goal in terms of the actual services to be delivered with the subcontractors that are ACDBE. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Myers, just, just one last clarification. How, look, we've got a courthouse that's already built, but I, but I, 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 I still have a, a good memory as far as how that process went. How, 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 um, how is this different than that, and, and, and uh, why, why wasn't that a situation like this where they could uh, cure it? I think it's probably two things. Number one, it is a, I, I believe the courthouse would have been under the CBE program, not the ACDBE. Mm -hmm. uh, so there would be a different standard. There are d different administrative review rights that are available. Uh, and number two, it is ultimately an issue of responsibility. This board does have the ability to determine uh, for any rational basis that a vendor is not responsible. I don't recall the specific solicitation or the specific question asked. It's possible that my uh, opinion might have been different. I, I don't remember the specifics, but it is ultimately a question of responsibility. The board could find them not responsible. The SC, on the basis of the amended information provided, found that the vendor and sole proposer was responsible. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we had a motion and a second, and we actually had a vote, but we're going to do it again, okay? All those in favor of item number 63, signify by saying aye. Aye. All those aye. opposed? Aye. Okay. All opposed? Okay, let the record show that that passes unanimously. Item number 63 is off the agenda. Thank you all for your patience and have a safe flight. Okay, item number 21 <coughs> is a motion to direct the county attorney to draft an ordinance amending various sections of chapter 22 and a half of the Broward County Code and Ordinances to add provisions allowing ride sharing for taxi cabs, improving efficiency of the current certificate of public convenience and necessity lottery process, deleting provisions related to the certified motor carrier license, extending the wheelchair accessible vehicle placeholder ticket redemption time for 90 days, amending chapter 40 of the administrative code to increase the maximum taxi meter rate and making general housekeeping amendments. On 21, I have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight speakers, starting with Fanny Chavez, followed by Jose. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I can't even read this name. Quesada? Who? Quesada? Yes. Okay. All right. Penmanship. Orlando Bueno, John Camillo, August Sanfield. You can all come to the front. Anton Jean Simmons, Remy Marcel, and Diego A. Castaneda. You all have two minutes to speak, beginning with Fanny Chavez. Fanny Chavez? No? Okay. 
The next speak the next speaker would be Jose Cancero. Are you guys speaking or not? Yes. Who's coming? Okay, Fanny Chavez. Is that you? Okay, can you please come to the microphone? You have two minutes to speak. Yes, good afternoon. Pull the microphone down. Pull oh, down. thank you. Further. Further. Okay. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, yes, this is regarding the um, South Florida Van Association. I'm a part of their group and also self-employed by doing the on-demand uh, van service at the Port Everglades. And uh, from what we understand is that they're trying to minimize our coming in there and providing services to the passengers um, for a van on demand program. And um, they're saying that it's just basically because we're taking a lot of the services away from the taxi cab association. But in return, um, what I have to say, it's it's uh, not really so much that we're affecting them. If anything, we've been all affected with different companies that have come in. And even though they don't have the same kind of um, permits and licensing as we do that we are forced to have, um, it is saying that we're affecting their business. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Jose Casero. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, um, the reason why I'm here is because I was supposed to kind of compliment what she was saying, but she pretty much went over everything that we wanted to say. So that's pretty much it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The next speaker is Orlando Bueno. Thank you, everybody. Excuse me, my English, I had very strong accent. Okay. It's not really competition because uh, the taxi drivers are about 700. We are between 75 to 80. It's no competition at all. And uh, even when the taxis and us, it's not even enough to cover the transportation for the Portuguese. And uh, also, uh, if we pay, uh, uh, we charge $11 for, for passenger, the taxi driver also, they can go for $11 too. If they work with one cruise ship, we can work with one cruise ship too. And they, by today, we are allowed to work only with three cruise ships. I would like to know with the reason why we have to work with three cruise ships. Uh, nobody answered us. You know, we, we are uh, 80 families. Uh, if we, you approve the uh, five cruise ships, we're going to be, we know you they're going to be about eight, 90 families win. No, yeah. Okay. It's, we know our competition to the taxis. The competition for the taxi driver and the same competition for us. It's the companies that not even follow the regulation for the Broward County. And you, everybody knows who they are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Commissioners, you got that? You understood what he said? Sure. He said if we approve this, there'll be eight or nine families without a job, right? 80, 80 to 90. Job, 80 to 80 to feed. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. Put your microphone on. I know everything. I'm confused as to what's going on. I 
and I'm looking at my fellow commissioners, so I, I think agree. Uh, is there a way we can get this flushed out as to what Mayor, why this vote may uh, yes. cause a problem? And maybe, maybe Mr. Halsey can, if you can open the item a little bit and maybe shed a little bit of a light on this. You want Mr. Halsey to talk about it? Okay, yeah. wonderful. Mr. Halsey? Jeff Halsey, Director of Environmental Consumer Protection Division. I think what they're referencing is not really part of the agenda item. Exactly. I, I think what they're referencing is one of the items that came up at the workshop back in July that we had after we dealt with the issues that are part of the agenda item. And one of the issues that came up was the taxi drivers, or at least some of them, were concerned from their perspective that there was an inequity in terms of customer access to vehicles for hire out at the port. So if there are three or more ships at the port, the port employs a van on demand system to help move customers through the van, uh, through the terminal more quickly. So if you have three or more uh, uh, into a party, they're directed to the vans. So again, if you have a lot of customers coming in, they have a van system in place to try to move them through quickly. And some of the taxi drivers were concerned that, hey, I'm a customer, I have to negotiate past the vans to get to the taxis, and, and that's not right. Um, so that, that's the perspective. I, I'm now guessing that some of the folks here are, have heard this argument and uh, because it was in the um, memo backup and are here to suggest, no, no, it's important that we, the van drivers, continue to have provide service. But this is an issue outside of what the agenda is about. That's my best guess as to what they were talking about. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to continue with the public speakers. Mr. John Camillo, followed by Auguste J. Santiel. Good morning. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I'm going to address two of the issues that are in the agenda item. The first one is the shared ride issue. Um, with the adoption of a maximum as opposed to a mandated um, um, uh, fare and some other technology, we're going to finally get to the point where I think we can provide a first last mile option. But right now, the ordinance provides that we can share rides and cabs provided that the passengers agree how to split the fare. And that requires the origin and destination essentially be the same. So this is going to allow different origins, different destinations, and how to allocate the fare over the course of the entire trip. So in talking to staff, which we've worked with closely, I think the first step is to put something in the ordinance to allow the shared ride, and then the second one is to flesh out the technology or the, uh, the bones, which is part of the administrative code where you adopt your, uh, your, your fare structure. So, you know, we support the idea of the shared ride, but we think that uh, the actual nuts and bolts have to be worked out later. And the second one is that I don't think that the industry was asking for an increase in the meter per se. Um, I think what, and that's the miles and minutes part. I think what the industry was talking about was the minimum fare that could be charged leaving the airport, which is now $10 and to implement a higher minimum or a minimum for the seaport, which is now just the meter. And I think they're looking at maybe a $20 uh, uh, minimum fare uh, that uh, would then accommodate probably around a five to seven mile trip without getting beyond the, uh, getting beyond the, uh, 
$20 minimum fare. I think that's what the uh, drivers and some of the other companies were asking for. But again, it's not mandated, and therefore every company can choose how they want to implement the maximum uh, rate, whether it's the $20 or the $10. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Camillo. The next person in Madam queue. Madam Mayor, can you add me to the queue, please? Yes, I can. Okay. Thank you. The next uh, audience speaker is August J. Santel, Saintville, sorry, Saintville, and then followed by Anton Jean Simon. Okay, August Saintville, it's not here, okay. Um, Anton Jean Simon, not here. Okay, Remy Marcel, followed by Diego Castaneda. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Good afternoon. Um, uh, the follow-up we have with, uh, we have been talking now with the <coughs> taxi company and drivers together, is what's, what's going to make it, us move. And uh, one thing um, I would like to talk about today is we are trying to request it to have Uber to have the transporter on the uh, as the taxi driver have it. Uh, the reason why is now what they do, they keep traveling under the airport, keep passing by under the airport, and what they do, erase, erase the, the, the traffic ones. And second of all, they got a lot of guys who pick up passage under the airport on the name of Uber. We should have a way to find out who those people are, and they just sit on the, on the door, calling the passenger, say, um, you need a taxi? And then uh, they took the passenger. Then we do not know who those people are, and uh, they're not Uber, they're not taxi, and basically that they got a, a lot of problem right there under the airport. And uh, we're thinking uh, if we have the transporter as Uber have, we got to resolve two things. First of all, the Uber driver not gonna keep driving under the airport, increase the, the circulation of cars. And second of all, we could have an ID who do not have the transporter, so basically they're not Uber, and then so we could chase them down better. And as, as a matter of fact, if you got the chance, so you guys could put something on the, on, the, on, the, on the microphone at the airport to let the passenger know, do not, if somebody approach you for a ride, they better call the police because taxi driver don't do it, Uber should not do it, and that's against the law too, to, to um, approach customer on, 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 that, on that issue. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Mr. Diego Castaneda. I want to thank the commissioner for giving me the opportunity to speak on uncertain change that's going to affect the taxi company. And, um, and I want to appreciate the fact is you give us the opportunity to at least uh, be involved in the new TAP regulation. You're trying to figure it out. That's very refreshing. And I want to thank the whole commissioner very much. And uh, one of the main things I did want to talk about today, it's, uh, um, it's about, um, like Mr. Camillo was saying, it's about the fair. And it's a little bit hard in a sense. We don't want to raise the rate you have right now. Well, that's not what we're asking. But, you know, a lot of drivers, especially my driver, after they sit for 
hour and a half, two hours to have a ten dollar fare. Um, if you could do something, maybe like a five mile radius or airport to port, port to the airport, twenty dollars. It, it would be good uh, because usually that's what it takes because of a lot of traffic. Uh, and uh, we did have a great boat show. Uh, really, folks, I know you did sit. There was a lot of minds sit around thinking about what they should do about that boat show. It was good. The only problem was the Uber. Every Uber in Miami, in town, came. It was almost impenetrable. The other way they, it's just they keep driving around instead of being a stand. Taxi, we've been training. Like when I first started doing taxi, one thing you don't do, you don't create traffic because you're going to arm yourself if you create more traffic. You sit in the stand until somebody approaches you. Oh, Uber should be the same thing. You get a fare, then you go and pick up the passenger. But they, all they're doing is driving around. The airport, just driving around. Driving. They need to be sit somewhere. When you get the fare, go pick up your customer. Um, I don't mind low competition, but they should just be regulated. And thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that concludes our audience participation on item number 21. Back to this dais. First person I have in queue is Commissioner Geller. Followed by Bogan. Commissioner Gill. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, right now, this is just a motion to draft, so I thought that this was actually the appropriate place to discuss some of the items so we could try and give some direction on what to draft. There were three uh, items that I wanted us to at least discuss and perhaps give some uh, direction to uh, staff when they're drafting. Number one, um, what was worded as increased taxi meter. Um, I have concerns on this. I agree with what a lot of the cab drivers have said, that they are facing unfair competition uh, from the TNCs. However, if one of the reasons that people are already uh, going to the TNCs is that they're less expensive. I am concerned that increasing the uh, taxi meter rate is something that would, you know, while it sounds attractive, may in fact work against the cab industry. The second issue I wanted to discuss was item two, if you're looking at the document, which is, uh, again, begin enhanced standard for vehicles. There was a consensus for no enhanced standards, but that is one of the things that we've heard many times, that one of the reasons that people take TNCs is they think that uh, taxis are dirty, and I'm hoping that maybe we could do something to change that and to, you know, again, let people feel confident in taking cabs. And finally, again, on the ride sharing, uh, I think Mr. Camilla may have commented on that, but unless we have a little bit more direction, I'm not even sure what we're asking staff to draft. I mean, can you share a car that, uh, can you share a cab with two passengers from the airport, one going to Deerfield and one going to Pembroke Pines? I mean, I don't know, unless there's some additional direction, how we're supposed to come up with a consensus for ride sharing other than where people are agreeing to split between themselves, you know, to split the, the fare. And, you know, I think we should, we need to be giving some direction to staff so that they'll know what to draft. And I haven't heard anything on ride sharing that 
can tell them what to draft. So these are my three concerns. I'm hoping that perhaps that staff can address these three now. Okay, Ms. Henry. Mr. Halsey. So uh, the, the three items I have, the first was the question of overpricing. In increased taxi, yes. I'm sorry? Second was the standards for the vehicles, and third was ride sharing. Right. Um, so as far as pricing, the, the division is price agnostic. Um, the, the, we're going to have a cap that the, the, the commission sets, and the industry is going to determine what the best rate to charge is, they just can't exceed that cap. Is this going to increase their customer base, decrease their customer base? That's a problem for the industry, I would suggest. Um, uh, the main purpose of the cap is so the commission can feel comfortable, at least in my understanding, that uh, here as a destination, people can count on getting a cab ride and not being overly charged too much. But beyond that, the division is sort of agnostic on that whole issue. As far as clean vehicles uh, are a special program for enhanced service, um, again, at the workshop, there was very clear uh, consensus that they did not want to move in the direction of a new program, uh, new licensing fees, et cetera, if, if that would be part of the new program. I can tell you that already, as a result of the workshop, we've started sweeps at the uh, airport holding lot to start working on um, improving some of these issues with the taxi drivers. I think hearing the topic come up again in this meeting, um, that will reinforce our effort to stay on top of that issue, and that's one of the goals we have within our regulatory program. So I, w I will tell you that's something we're trying to get better at. Uh, so if we do a better job of regulating and enforcing, we're, we're hopeful we'll see improvement in that area. In regards to the ride sharing, right now there really isn't any detailed direction at all in the regulations other than if a taxi driver wants to allow a ride share, um, the customer that he has in the back of his vehicle has to agree to it. There's no direction on costs. There's no direction on can you uh, drop the, the passengers off at different locations and so forth. Um, our understanding from the request for ride sharing is that if it was approved, we need to go do a little research and we need to identify you know, some uh, mechanisms and bring back to the board in the form of, of an ordinance um, and for the board now to have in front of them a little more detail on what a program might look like. And, and then we would hope that would serve some value. You could add to that, subtract from it, or, or leave as is. I would also emphasize that we would do that working with the industry so that we came back to you with what is really would be a solid solution that had reasonable consensus. So are you saying that right now we are not looking to craft an ordinance that would include the ride sharing? No we would craft an ordinance that would include the ride sharing. We do that in concert with the industry and with the drivers so that when we, and with research on what good ride sharing programs are, so that when we came back to you, we'd have those details for you to have something to look at and decide 
yep, that's good. We like that. You're going the right way or not. I'll withhold judgment until I see what you bring in front of me. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Geller. Commissioner Bogan, followed by Vice Mayor. Please, please add please add all this to queue also. Sure, no problem. You had your question answered? Okay. Vice Mayor Furr. Thank you. A couple questions real quick. First of all, I'm glad to see this finally uh, on, the, on the agenda. The, the part about having a transponder, I wonder, Jeff, I wonder if I could ask you about that. I would think that we would want to require that. And one of the reasons is for this to be successful uh, for that first mile, last mile, one of the things I, wanna, I would hope that we, it would finally be is incorporated into the, um, our transportation, our transits, my ride, the app, so that people could see when they get off a bus or they're going to a bus, they would see what vehicles are nearby and, and who's available. That, that, I think if we're trying to get to that first mile, last mile, that's going to be an important part of it. People are going to need to be able to look, at, to look on their app, know what, what their options are. They may, they may want to know, do I get off at this bus stop or the next bus stop? Because the next bus stop may be where there's a taxi waiting. You know what I mean? So that, I would like to see that part included. Um, the ride-sharing part with the times that I've done ride-sharing with um, some of the TNCs, before you choose the ride-sharing before you, you know, when you, when you call up uh, Uber, you say on the front end, I want, I want to do ride-sharing, and you're saying I'm willing to uh, have other people be picked up along the way. That, uh, that entitles you to a, a lower fare from the get-go, whether or not somebody else gets picked up or not. So you're, you're saying on the front end, this is, I'm, I'm willing to have, but if nobody else gets there, I get the, I get the benefit of being willing to do that. So I think, I think there's something to that. Um, and I think that, that we may want to look at that as, as a consideration. It, it, go ahead. So, so I, I would take the second thing as direction that we'll use when we come right up the ordinance and come back to you, the second item on what you'd like to see by way of the ride sharing. Yes, so please. On the first item, our world sort of begins and ends with the fact that we've been preempted from regulating the uh, TNCs. So okay. we really have no authority to say they have well, to do something. And this may be where we, where we talk with the TNCs and say this is an opportunity. You know, if you are, if you have a transponder on your vehicle, you're going to be, people are going to see you on our app. And that's, we should be offering that. We should be trying to incorporate every method of transportation that we have. So that when somebody opens up the app that says My Ride or for Broward County, they can see all possible elements or, op or options for, for getting around. So, you know, yes, I know it preempts it right now doesn't preclude us from offering that to them and saying that, you know, and saying this is, you can be part of the bigger picture here. I get that. I get exactly what you're saying. And so okay. we'll take that into account when we're building this program of what the new ordinance Thank is going to look like. Thank you. Uh, Mayor, if I yes. want to clarify, um, was there a comment? It's my understanding that one of the gentlemen asked that we require transponders at the airport did i hear I, 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 I believe yes that the the, the the he was referring i believe specifically to the tncs the right, ubers and right. the lifts 
Right. And, 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 and I think there's a problem with that uh, yeah, currently. Uh, we are preempted from regulating the TNC, so we can't go in and say to a TNC, you have to do this or you have to do that. We can't touch them. There could be an argument that the airport has some authority in terms of its ability to charge to play some kind of role in that. I don't want to speak for the airport. Yes, I, uh, that was my point. I wanted to ask Mr. Gale if he could come to the podium for a minute and describe the current uh, process that we have for the um, TNCs and potentially what we're looking at prospectively to kind of address the problem that they raised. Good afternoon, Commissioners, Mayor, afternoon. Vice Mayor. Happy birthday, Mayor. Thank um, you. So to follow up on Mr. Halsey's comments at the airport, the TNCs, the Ubers and the Lyfts, if you will, uh, do not operate with transponders. When, when uh, the, the arrangements were first made with the county, um, the, uh, the arrangement was that they would self-report. And I would uh, draw the commission's uh, attention back to uh, a report that was issued by the county auditor's office in November of last year. Um, the arrangement that was made between the county and the TNCs is that while they were under this self-reporting agreement, uh, that they would need to bring in an independent accounting firm on each side um, to provide uh, a detailed audit of, of how they were operating and making sure that, that what they were reporting to us was, was accurate. And the auditor's office reviewed those accounting reports last, last year and, and issued uh, his letter that basically saying with minor exceptions they were in fact operating in accordance with the original arrangement. Um, as we move forward with the TNCs, we know we have thousands upon thousands of TNCs that are operating within the county. And some of the complaints that were referenced about Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and other TNCs operating around the airport, um, again, the operation as it is currently set up is there's a geofence around the airport's perimeter that requires those drivers to stay outside of that geofence uh, in order to be seen to get a, get a ride when you open up their app and look for a ride. Um, that has created a lot of the issues that have, be, uh, that have come before the commission with respect to people parking um, on the shoulders of the railway on US-1 and, uh, and in our parks and other locations. Um, uh, Broward Sheriff's Office has issued over you know, 750 to 1,000 tickets per month um, to those uh, drivers that are hanging around out there. We're scheduled to open up a new taxi cab lot um, in December, shifting uh, the taxi cabs from their current location to a brand new taxi cab lot, and then it is our intent to repurpose the existing taxicab lot to be a TNC lot and change the geofence so that instead of staying outside of a geofence, we actually force the TNC drivers inside the geofence and that's where they'll need to be in order to be seen to be able to get a ride in and out of the airport. We think that's gonna go a long way in terms of our enforcement uh, practices at the airport. Thanks, Mark. Okay, um, any other questions from Vice Mayor, no? Okay, Commissioner Rich, followed by Holness, followed by Lamarca. Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. Right. Um, I think actually um, Mr. Gale really addressed uh, what I wanted to talk about because we hear so much from him about, you know, the traffic at the airport and we all see it. And I think that somehow that needs to get under control. So uh, I guess this new lot is going to help that. that, that. But I think for you me, know. The, the, there just seems to be an, an, um, a lack of fairness here. Whatever we're doing, it seems that, the, uh, and I understand because of what the state did at some point, you know, the, the TNCs pretty much get to do what they want to do, and they were much more restrictive with the, uh, with the cabs. 
So I, I'm just saying that whatever you're going to put into this, Mr. Halsey, I think we need to try to level the playing field. And Uber already can ride share. The taxis need to be able to ride share. So let's just figure out what we have to do. If we can't touch Uber, let's try to make it as fair as we can with what we do uh, in whatever ordinance we put together for the taxis. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Rich. Commissioner Hollis? Okay. I had Holness, then Lamarca. You want to go Bogan after that? If okay. I may ask, if I may ask a question of the uh, uh, administrator staff. Uh, currently, if a taxi picks up from the seaport or the airport anywhere, the, the only thing that we they are allowed by law to charge is what's on the meter. Am I correct? Even if they have four customers in that car, or maybe five in a van. Mr. Halsey, I believe that's correct, but if there's some clarification. That's correct for the taxis, because they're metered. Right. So they, they have to pay what the, the meter says. Correct. Okay. So so they're, they're at total disadvantage with the vans and with uh, the ride share, uh, it seems to me. And however we can change that, I think we ought to make them more competitive uh, so that they can uh, provide a living for themselves and their families also. Uh, clearly, everyone today know that the right shares have a total advantage over them from many fronts. Uh, and whatever we can do to, to, to level that playing field, I think we ought to do that. Uh, so the idea of zones, uh, I, I think, is what they're asking for, that we allow for certain pricing within zones uh, that, that are set. And, and I think that's something that we should be able to do without uh, a whole lot of problem. The other piece that I think that is uh, coming now is with the new technology that uh, taxis are uh, now about to implement with uh, not just uh, going by the meter, but, but having some dynamic uh, pricing, I think would be helpful also. Uh, for example, today, if at uh, the boat show, uh, Uber can up their price through price surge, the taxis are still restricted to a set fare. Why don't they have that advantage? So when uh, business is slow, they can reduce the price. Or when business is, 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 is ample, they can increase the price. I think that would be only fair uh, that we look at that. Uh, <clears throat> so I am, I am supportive of us uh, working with the industry, and we must do that, because they understand their business and their biz business models much better than we do. Uh, and getting their input and, and making the adjustments that we need to to ensure that uh, there's a more competitive uh, environment for them. They're already burdened by the fact that the, tax, the insurance rates that required of them is a lot more than what's required of TNCs, which I think is totally not there. Thank you, Commissioner Holness. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you. Um, Ms. Henry, can uh, Mr. Halsey come up? Mr. Halsey. Mr. Halsey, with, with respect to the, the app and this conversation about ride sharing, um, it's, so our, our app or our technology would be to, to kind of find what modes of transportation around it, whoever would participate with us, right? 
And there's actually two elements to the app. One is mobile ticking, that's sort of ticketing, which mm -hmm. is sort of in the transits mm -hmm. um, area right now. The other one that uh, is uh, recently handed off to us is the other part. Mm -hmm. What else is the app going to do? And we're actually <sighs> reaching out to the industry, the app industry, to get help on identifying how most quickly we can get an app like that in place. Okay, so I know when we talked about this at least a year ago, um, the conversation was in and around, let's go out and ask Uber, Lyft, X, company XYZ, Yellow Cab, Friendly Checker, uh, all, the different, all the different transportation as well as limos and, and uh, other, other modes, any mode of transportation that somebody could, could hire to, to invite them to be on the app. Um, so I don't, I don't know if we're going to be successful getting certain companies to be on the app or not, but it would seem to me that, that would be helpful. The other piece that's, that's obvious is we, um, so with, with ride sharing or pooling, if, if you will, I know that if you are using, say you use the Uber app or the Lyft app, um, you can either get an Uber X, which might be $5.85 to get from point A to point B, or the other one, uh, Uber Pool, might be four dollars and twenty. You know, it's it's a nominal difference, but you're you're willing to have somebody else along the ride. Now that app, through its technology and its GPS and everything else that's on there and its coordinates, will will make a determination that if if you said yes to the Uber Pool and I said yes to the Uber Pool, and you live in Pompano Beach right off a of federal highway and I live in Lighthouse Point right off a of federal highway, we're kind of going in the same direction, dropping off is a slight inconvenience, but I saved the money because of that. So to me, that is the technology, and I know that Mr. Uh, Camillo's company is, and maybe the other ones as well, has already put a lot of uh, investment into tech, you know, their technology. So I mean, like we're, we're talking about this pooling or sharing piece. I mean, that's really, isn't that really up to the, to the companies to figure out how they want to have their, their physical, their, their, their physical technology outside of once, ours would help us get in their car, and then their program would help them determine you know the, the pool cost or that type of thing yeah the general perspective that we're applying toward the app is we're going to provide the technology for folks to plug into if they want to plug into and the more that plug into the better the app's going to be okay so we connect people to the ride and then from that point it's up to them to do their tracking and accounting and all that good stuff we give people information of what's available okay that's what our okay. portion of the app is okay. going to be thank you The next person is Commissioner Bogan. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to ask the county attorney, if, see if, Drew, if you would be willing, when you draft, if this passes, assuming it passes, you would meet with the taxi cab industry as a whole to, to get their suggestions of what would make this a level playing field. And by doing that, I would like to make a motion to amend number 21 at the last sentence and add any other amendments the county attorney deems necessary to, I don't know what the correct words, help the taxi cab industry or to make it more of a level playing field, but any other amendments that you could bring back that would, that would be in the best interest of, of Broward County and the taxi industry. And so I, I, I don't know if that, that would be of help, but I'd like to make a motion to amend. So we're talking about making this a level playing field. I agree with Commissioner Ridge and Commissioner Holness and others. So let's give our county attorney the authority um, with this amendment that I'm offering to do that and bring it back to us. And I uh, hope that uh, that's it, you'll consider that. Okay. 
Can you explain that? Sure, sure. So right now we're, we have a motion to direct our county attorney to do certain things to Chapter 22 and a half, right? So I'm asking him to go reach out to the taxi cab industry and to find out what they suggest that would make more of a level playing field with Uber and everybody else. And so they may come up with ideas. And so he can include that in the draft that he's going to bring back to us. He's going to bring it back to us. But to do that, I would add at the last sentence here, any other amendments that we don't have in this number 21, any other amendments the county attorney deems necessary to, that would uh, be in the best interest of the county and the taxi cab industry? Vice Mayor Fur. He seconded that. I could say it. Uh, that was not a second. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, because I'm actually looking for what's, what is in the best interest of the rider themselves. I would much prefer, I, I, I don't want to be trying to save any industry or anybody else. I want to make sure, I want to try to find a way where whoever's trying to get a, a ride on our transit system can find a way, I don't care if it's a taxi, I don't care if it's TNC, <coughs> however they can get that first mile, last mile. If they want to be on this app, this is a great <laughs> opportunity for a taxi cab. If they, if they want to plug into our app, and they can wait at the bus, they immediately have a bunch of riders coming right off the bus, right to a whole neighborhood, if, a pool. So this is a wonderful opportunity. I don't, I don't see the need to try to level the playing field. If they, the fact of the matter is that taxi cabs are, are probably willing to do transponders, where TNCs probably aren't. So, wait. Or, so this, this plays into their hand if they want to take it. But I we, don't have to, we don't have to limit um, and say we're trying to level the playing field. In what we're doing, we're doing it, we are providing assistance. And I see, I think John's shaking his head on that. No, but, but what my suggestion really is for the consumer, because it, by leveling the playing field makes maybe more competitive, it would make the taxi industry more competitive with Uber. It's not to bring prices up, but to bring them down, to do things where there could be ride sharing where there couldn't be before, to do things where they could split fees and fares, they could have flexibility, would benefit both the rider and the, and the thousands, of, hundreds of people that work in, in, in the industry as well. I think it's all to help competition and bring, bring it more competitive for the consumer as well. Because right now, the way it is, it's, it's, you know, if you take a taxi, it's usually going to be more expensive uh, in many times. And so now I think what we need to do is allow them to be more competitive. But they're going to be able to do that. I'm, I'm sorry. Through the go minute. ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, they're going to be able to do that by when they decide what their rate is for ride share. They can drop that rate to whatever they decide they want to drop that rate to. To In other words, instead of it being okay. $2 for the first mile, they can say, you know what, dollar first mile, you, if you pick ride share, they can do it. And it's up to them to what they want to Mayor, do. Mayor, do you mind if I ask Mr. Camillo? You can. You can. Mr. Camillo, can I ask you a question or anybody else in the cab industry? You want to come, come on? Are there any other things in uh, that, that are not in 21 that you could think of that would be, could be in there that can make things more competitive? Um, Commissioner Bogan, to staff's credit, they spent several hours with the industry a couple few months back going through what it was the industry felt we should do with this ordinance. And I think what you see before you is a result of the okay. workshop. Okay. Uh, great. You're right. I'm wrong. Again. Done. Okay, so that, that I'm, I'm Pierre from SAP Taxi. I think your argument is really valid. The, and the sense is um, a lot of times those decisions make, um, they actually, people who own taxi company don't have an input. Um, 
check. I mean, it's not going to hurt to check the because what I'm here for is provide better service and a cheaper cost, and it will help me. So if you're going to ask the taxi industry, actually people who own the business, the input. Well, I, I uh, that's a very good thing. I've already been informed the county staff has been talking to the taxi industry. That's I mean, what you said. I mean, to a certain okay. extent, not to my company, not. I mean, Bogan. Okay. The, um, not to my company or his company. He's okay. an owner. He's a taxi owner. So I think it's a very refreshing. It's a good thing. Thank and, you. And if something you don't like or you don't think it will work, just but our input, I think it's very important. Okay. I want I, I want to copy with Uber. I, that's what I want to do. Okay. Well, I, I've asked our county attorney to do and that. And I'm ready to compete with Uber. Okay. Well, Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Bogan. Are you done? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good. Thank you. Um, we have a long agenda left, guys, and you guys are really dragging these items on today. I'm not real sure if it's because it's my birthday you want to keep me here, but I will tell you this. I have plans tonight, and I will leave you at the appropriate moment. Um, so that's item 21. You all have spoken for better or for worse. Thank you. Second. All in favor of item 21, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Let the record show that that passes aye. unanimously. With those here on the dais, and I only have one eye from the phone, Commissioner Geller. No, I think you had two. You have two? Okay, I. wonderful. Is there in harmony? It's unanimous. Okay. Three part harmony. I have another request for the airport, item number 64. I'm going to go ahead and take that item up front. On item 64, I only had one um, audience speaker on that item. That was Mr. Rand. Mr. Rand, you can go ahead and come to the podium. It's a, a motion to approve a final ranking of RFP number R2114367P1. Mr. Rand, item 64, please. I, I just said item 64 is what I'm taking so they can get to the airport. You pull this item, I'm going to get them out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Don't rush me. Okay. When it's two minutes is up. I'm sorry. She, she gets to decide the agenda. It's fine. Let's go. This is an RFP for a 100-year flood plan, uh, plane, uh, floodplain plan, so I'm confused, of course. It's been... Uh, 62-plus years that I've been studying hurricanes and whatnot. There's only one person in the United States been studying longer than me. I'm well aware of my city being underwater in the flood, August 22, 1955. Apparently, this is a, uh, a theoretical document of what a 100-year flood would entail or whether it's rising in the, in the, due to climate change. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this is political science. This isn't real science. So you've politicized the science here. And no scientist can say if the ocean is going to rise uh, one foot or six feet in the next 50 or so years. No, no scientist can say that. So I'm trying to figure out what, what you're trying to accomplish here and all. <clears throat> and when you have a storm surge like uh, Katrina that's 28 and a half feet high uh, and uh, thousands and thousands of people are going to die, that's going to set your 100-year storm elevation. As I mentioned previously in uh, Naugatuck, Connecticut and all, the, you could see where the tide went because the rubber products, petroleum, permanently stained the uh, rocks there for decades. So you're spending a lot of money and Dade County is passing a $400 million bond issue today or trying to pass and they have no idea what they're going to spend the money on and that has to do with 
uh, climate change resilience, but they don't have a real list of plans that they're spending the money on. You're spending a lot of money today, and the question is for what kind of future and all. And uh, you'll, you'll see when the storm surge comes in. That's Thank the 100-year floodplain. Okay, commissioners, back to this dais. That concludes audience participation on item number 64. Do I have a motion? So, uh, oh, what, Vice Mayor Furr wants to speak. Just real quick. Um, it's not political science on this one. This is, this is using a lot of the hydro, hydrological software and things that we've been buying through the county. And it would be irresponsible of us not to try to figure out what the flood plan would be in the future, trying to model that. If we didn't do that, we, it would, it, we wouldn't be doing the service by our constituents. So it's not just, it's, okay. it, it's not abstract. All right. It, but it is, it will have a spectrum of, of options. So, so we I'll had a that. motion and a second on item 64. Right. All those in favor of item 64 signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Aye. Let the record show that we have a, um, unanimous on item 64. Okay. Um, you all have a safe trip. And back to the agenda. We're going on now to item number. 40, hold on, get you there. 43. Yeah, just want to make sure, 43. Okay, we have item 43, we have an audience poll. Mr. Rand, could you please return to the podium? Item 43 is, is on the executive session for next week, which is November the 14th at 12.30 p.m. Mr. Rand. I tried to speak on this last year, but wasn't permitted to. So I'm, I'm commenting on the idea of having a shade meeting, with, which is, I get the whole idea of shade. Nobody needs to explain it to me. Um, under various things, you're meeting for how to respond to the collective bargaining and or the civil service rules. And in the collective bargaining, it says that discipline won't become final in the official record until the completion of the grievance process. And virtually every collective bargaining and civil service rule always ends up in a binding arbitration. Um, I have no binding arbitration, so you're not following your own policies and laws and procedures. This leads to uh, denial of honest services. So I never saw a settlement. The rumor is that I turned down a good settlement. I never saw it till five years after the scam. And in that settlement, they changed the date of the termination to a resignation a year later. So I never saw that. So that would increase my, my uh, pension. Between 800 and $1,000 a month I am losing because of this. I have my termination letter here. It's not signed by my supervisor as required. It's signed by L.A. Auerhound on his first day as acting department director. Uh, so literally 14 years ago today, I had a meeting. LA, I'm L.A. Auerhound. You're fired. Thank you. After 29 years. It also says uh, professional st standards conduct is noted on here. And I'll mention that later. But okay. the First Amendment of the Constitution, petition for redress of grievance, you're not following. Fifth Amendment, you can't take property without due process, just cause, Fifth Amendment. And if you have lost your job and were carted out of the building are, before are the speaking, election. You're speaking of 45 now? This is the idea of collective bargaining. Yes. 43. No, 43. we're on 43, but exactly. I th you just, uh, it just changed. He said you're speaking of 45. No. Oh, okay. Got 43. it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. You wouldn't Mr. like it if you were removed from office before the election. Thank you. You would want to be removed after the election. I've been removed before the arbitration. Okay, so um, back to this dais. That has absolutely nothing to do with this item. This item is about us going into a shade meeting 
for um, to discuss the collective bargaining Move agreements. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Let the record show that item 43 passes unanimously. The next item pulled from the agenda is item number 45. Mr. Rand, please return to the podium. This is um, a motion to retroactively approve a tri-party agreement between Broward County and the city of Fort Lauderdale and the Performing Arts Center for the period of October 1st, 2017 to September the 30th, 2018. Okay, Mr. Rand, you're up. And I agree you should approve the motion to enter into the agreement. I just wanted to note for record, among other things that I do, because I wear a lot of hats, I'm the first artist to perform at the site of the Performing Arts Center for the groundbreaking. So I made the largest, fastest, cheapest public works of art ever made in Broward County. That's 10,000 square feet. I've made 50,000 square feet going back six decades to Minneapolis in 1969. The important thing is to stress uh, both sides of your brain and both sides of my brain function. I'm a creative person and somebody who has incredible attention to detail and history and everything else. So the county years ago had a, a saying, if, we ha if you have the talent, we have the career. And I found that to be true. I had the talent and they had the career. And uh, I think the Performing Arts Center is a wonderful addition to the community. So glad it was built. So glad I had some input into it. And uh, you should approve the agreement. Thank you, Mr. Rand. So moved. Second. All those in favor of item 45, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Let the record show that that passes unanimously. Minute Secretary, you have everybody. Did you hear? Okay. <laughs> Commissioner Holness and Geller? Yes, ma'am. I already voted aye with everybody else. I know. I heard you. I didn't hear Holness. Aye. Aye. Okay. There you go. All right. Thank you. Next item is item number I'm 15. I'm just faster off the mute button than he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've done item number 51. The, the next item on the agenda is item number 52. I have an audience poll for item 52. Mr. Rand, could you please return to the podium? This is a, a motion to approve an allocation of 3,000 in safe parks and land preservation bond program funds to fund benches and passive park items at the Brand Hilda Knowles Memorial Park in Dillfield Beach. Mr. Rand. I just want to thank non Marilyn LaMarca for uh, showing up at the Cinco de Mayo and introducing the uh, Council General, Council General of Mexico, who I had the, uh, was fortunate enough to say that I've known Leela Downs for 44 years. Uh, she sang in the movie Frida. She performed at the Academy Awards. She uh, premiered the film at the Miami Film Fest, et cetera. Um, I just want to thank non Marilyn LaMarca for expending his uh, re residual funds uh, for great improvements along, especially uh, Commercial Boulevard along there. That's a really happening nice area. And the other, uh, other things that you're doing with the residuals of your safe park bond money, which is this is 17 years later, you're still expending the the pennies and dollars from the $400 million that was approved 17 years ago. But I just wanted to thank you for donating it in this way for public. Thank you. Move it. Second. All those in favor of item number 52, A, B, C, D, and E, aye. signify by saying aye. I got Commissioner aye. Holness on an aye. Aye. Geller on an aye. Aye. Okay, you got a unanimous on item number 52. Okay. 
Item number 53. Madam Mayor. Yes. Item 53 and 54 are motions to adopt resolutions that if approved would benefit Craven Thompson. As I have previously mentioned, I'm a director and own shares in Legacy Bank. The shares are not traded on a stock exchange. Another owner of Legacy has a substantial interest in Craven Thompson. Therefore, I will be leaving the dais and not voting on 53 and 54. I ask the minutes of the meeting please reflect that I have abstained from 53 and 54. I'll file the form within however many days Drew tells me to file it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. He's got to wait for him to leave. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And he's gone. Okay. So this is a public hearing item. Item number 53 is a motion to adopt a resolution to vacate two drainage maintenance easements lying within tract A of the Delta Pompano Platte located at 1951 North Powerline Road in Pompano Beach at no cost to the county. Petitioners Waste Management Inc. of Florida, Agent Craven Thompson and Associates, application for vacant and abandonment 2017-V-03. Motion B is a resolution accepting canal maintenance easement at 1951 North Powerline Road in Pompano Beach from Waste Management Inc. of Florida at no cost to the county and authorized recordation of the same. Um, on item 53, I have no speaker signed up from the public. So at this point, is there anyone wishing to be heard? Okay, I have a second. It's open. There's nobody that wants to be heard. It's back to this dais. I had a motion. Do I have a second? Okay, all Second. those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Okay, so let the record show that item 53 A and B passed on an eight with one abstention. Okay? All right, the next one is item number 54. It's a motion to adopt a resolution to vacate a utility easement lying within tract A of the Delta Pompano Platte located at 1951 North Power Line Road in Pompano Beach at a cost to the county, at no cost to the county. Petitioner Waste Management Inc. of Florida, Agent Craven Thompson and Associates Inc. Application for vacant and abandonment 201, vacation and abandonment <laughs> 2017-B-09, Commission District 2. I have no... Um, Audience members wishing to be heard. So the public, is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard on this item? Seeing none, the public hearing is closed. Back to this dais. Okay, I have a motion and a second. Item number 54. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. Aye. Okay. Minute Secretary, let that show. Eight with one abstention. Okay. Um, Commissioner Udine can come back to the dais now. All right. And he's better than ever. Next item on the agenda is item number 55. It's a motion to approve a lessor's consent to assignment of amended lease from Colorado Box Beef Company to CBBC Real Estate Holdings, Inc. And consent to encumber leasehold interest at Port Everglades. This is the second of two public hearings. The first public hearing was held on October 17, 2017 on item number 31. There are no um, speakers on the, from the audience on item number 55. If there's anyone that wishes to be heard, seeing none, that public hearing is closed. Back to this dais for a motion. Have second. a second. All those in favor of item 55, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Let the minute secretary show that passes unanimously. Item number 56 is a motion to enact an ordinance adopting a small-scale land use plan amendment to the Broad County Land Use Plan PC 17-11 in the city of Pompano Beach to the Broad County Comprehensive Plan to Commission District 4, the substance of which is follows. 
an ordinance of Broward County, Florida, adopting a small-scale amendment to the Broward County Comprehensive Plan, amending the Broward County Land Use Plan within the City of Pompano Beach and providing for severability and an effective date. At this time, I have no speakers from the audience signed up. Is there anyone from the audience that wishes to be heard? Seeing none, that public hearing is closed. Second. All those in favor of item 56, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. We need aye. one more. Okay. That let the record show that that passes unanimously. Item number 57 is a motion to adopt a resolution to transmit a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan map PC 17-15 in the City of Fort Lauderdale as amendment to the Broward County Comprehensive Plan to designated state review agencies pursuant to section 163.3184 Florida statutes as amended, Commission District 7, the substance of which is follows. A resolution of Board of County Commissioners Broward County, Florida, transmitting a proposed amendment to the Broward County Land Use Plan of the Broward County Comprehensive Plan within the City of Fort Lauderdale to designated state agencies and providing for an effective date. At this time, I have no audience um, speaker signed up. Is there anyone from the public that wishes to be heard? Seeing none, the public hearings closed. Back to the stage for a motion. Second. All those in favor of item number 57 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. aye. Let the record show that 57 passes unanimously. Item number 58 is a motion to adopt a resolution amending the administrative code to revise the fee schedule for proposed amendments to the Broward County Land Use Plan, amendments and waivers to the Broward County Traffic Ways Plan, recertifications of municipal land use plans, requests for written platting determinations, and requests for written land use interpretations and confirmations. Resolution of Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, relating to the Broward County Planning Council, amending section 40.5 of the Broward County Administrative Code, amending processing fees for the Broward County Planning Council and providing for severability, inclusion in the code and effective date. I do have one speaker signed up on this. Mr. Rand, could you please come to the podium? This is item number 58. I just want to point out because uh, when you approve the budget and the millage rate, you're arguing whether the millage has gone up or down or is neutral. <clears throat> and here's an example where the planning fees are increased, what, 45%, 33%, 36%, 34%. So, you know, cost of living is going up 2% or whatever, and people's wages aren't going up. All these things are passed along. And when you're dealing with uh, billions of dollars, millions and billions of dollars that you're discussing today, uh, this doesn't lead public confidence into what you're doing. You know, public trust is based on public truth, and I'm standing here because of untruths. So, you're, you're, the taxpayers are being hosed on these. This, these fees get passed on to everybody. So whether it's a water and sewer fee, you're constantly raising and jacking the fees up while you're keeping the millage rate neutral. But, you know, anybody can figure out this. It's ever heavier burden on the citizens of Broward County. That concludes the public speakers. There's no one else from the audience that wishes to be heard on this item. Um, back to this day is for a motion. All those in favor of item number 58. I'm sorry, Commissioner Lamarck. Just if, if I could, uh, Ms. Henry. Do we have um, someone from the division come up? Just a quick question. Good afternoon. Hi, Barbara Boy from the Planning Council. Good afternoon, Ms. Boyd. Uh, with regard to um, the specific numbers we went from and to, how do we determine that? Sure. So the fees that we're working off of right now are based off a study that was done in 2008. When we received that study, the fees were adjusted at that time. Um, 
The last increase to the fee was made in 2010 um, based off of any variation um, due to CPI or salary or wages. And then again in 2012, the Planning Council asked for another study of all the fees. So we did an all-inclusive study in 2012, found that the fees were taking um, a rather you know, large jump at that time, and the decision was made to maintain the fees in 2012. So the fees that we're working off of today actually come from the 2008 study um, with a slight CPI increase from 2010. So there's been no adjustment since then. So during this year's review of the Planning Council's budget, the Council asked that we take a look at the fees. Um, you know, the time was right to make that adjustment based on the studies that have been done. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate the background. I, I would, I would also probably weigh in that not everybody's um, financial situation has changed based on CPI or, or their bill or their their cost to live in Broward County uh, adjusts based on CPI as we know. Um, okay, thank you. Sure. Okay, Commissioner Marka, that concludes. So we had a motion and a second. All those in favor of item fifty-eight, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Aye. Aye. Let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 59. Oh, you didn't say anything. Okay. Do you got it, Minister Secretary? Okay, that's an eight to one. All righty. The next item that we're on is item number 59, which has two parts. Motion A is a public hearing required by the Internal Revenue Code. No board action is required on motion A and no vote will be taken. Motion B is a motion to adopt a resolution that is also required by the Internal Revenue Code. The board will vote on motion B. At this time, the Board of County Commissioners opens this public hearing regarding the approval of the issuance of the Public Finance Authority from time to time of its Charter School Revenue Bond Central Charter School Project in one or more series pursuant to a plan of financing in an aggregate principal amount not to exceed $13.5 million. The proceeds of such bonds shall be loaned by the Public Finance Authority to Assistance Unlimited, Inc., doing business as Central Charter School and applied by Assistance Unlimited to finance and refinance projects for Central Charter School, which is located in the city of Lauderdale Lakes, Broward County, Florida. This public hearing is held pursuant to public notice published on October the 20th, 2017. The requirements of section 147 paren F of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 as amended and applicable treasury re regulations. The public is invited to present comments at this time. There are no speakers signed up for item number 59 at this time. So I will close the public hearing and I will come back to this dais. Okay. Hold on, hold on. There are no other public speakers, so the public hearing regarding the approval of the issuance of the public finance authority from time to time of its not to exceed aggregated principal amount of $13.5 million charter school revenue bond central charter school project and one or more series and related plan of financing is now closed. That concludes motion A. We are now on motion B. Mo <laughs> Motion B is a motion to adopt a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, approving for purposes of Section 147F, please, of the Internal Revenue Code and Section 66.0304, Paren 11 and Paren A of the Wisconsin Statutes, the issuance of charter school revenue bonds related to Central Charter School. Um, is there anyone from the dais that wishes to be heard on motion, number, on motion B? 
Seeing none. I think we should amend the Wisconsin statutes. <laughs> well, well, we're not really doing anything here other than allowing them to use us as a public meeting. Correct. I and mean, I think the public should know we're not spending any money. We're not supporting any school or any charter school over anything else. This is just they need a public meeting. This is the public meeting. Okay. So I had a motion on B and I had a second from Commissioner Udine? Yes. Okay, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. I only had one eye, right? Had only had Geller. Commissioner Holness, are aye. you there? Okay, all right. So- I'm louder. Um, <laughs> item number 50, 59B passes unanimously. Okay, so that concludes item 59. That public hearing is closed on that. All right, item 60 is a motion to consider enactment of an ordinance, the title of which is as follows. An ordinance of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, repealing section 21-3 of the Broward County Code of Ordinances pertaining to the unlawful sale of hypodermic syringes or needles and providing for inclusion on the code an effective date. There was only one uh, audience um, member that had pulled the item to speak and that was Jason King, he had to leave and he said he just wanted to comment that he's representing the AIDS Healthcare Foundation and he wanted to make it known that they are waiving in support. Okay, at this time that concludes the audience participation. Back to this dais, is there anyone from the dais that wishes to be heard on item 60? Seeing none. Move approval. I, I Motion to approve. Okay, and I have a second. All those in favor of item number 60 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Commissioner Holness? Aye. Okay, let the record show that passes unanimously. Item number 60. 61 is already completed. Item number 62 is a delegation request from Sonia Harden to discuss homeowner slash condo association age restricted rules. Ms. Harden, are you here? Ms. Harden? Okay, Ms. Harden is, is not here at this time. Okay, so we'll pass item 62 on the agenda. The next item on the agenda is item number 65. It's a motion to establish a list of qualified firms for request for qualifications, RFQ number A2114499R1, Information Technology, Security and Compliance Services, Category 1 Payment Card Industry Services, comprised of the following First Secure IT, LLC, Kara Haas, Kara Soft Technology Corporation, Enterprise Risk Management Inc., Focal Point Data Risk LLC, and Presidio, and authorize staff to proceed with negotiations. I have um, on 65, I do not have it. I, I pulled had, it. You pulled it, but I thought I had a, a 65 from the public. I don't show a public request. No, no, okay. It's gone? Okay, no problem. All right, so now. Um, there is no, there are no speakers signed up. So back to this dais, Mr. Ryan. I had pulled this item because of um, much recent publicity we've had of um, major corporations, um, major um, branches of the federal government that have had their security systems compromised, uh, and it's an ever-growing problem. Uh, you know, we talk about it. it. It's part of the whole political discourse now at the national level with with systems being hacked. And um, uh, to the county administrator, uh, I see that we're, we're in six separate listings where we're selecting qualified firms that we're going to put into 
I guess they're called libraries, uh, that we can utilize and negotiate with to provide um, information technology, security, and compliance <laughs> services. What are we currently spending now countywide to protect our computer systems? Well, of our, the, the general IT budget, we're spending um, over a million dollars a year um, for um, IT services out of their $20 million budget. Um, there are a number of other um, capital installations and, and programs and projects where we're spending money as well to do this. Um, what you have with this library is that um, uh, we have uh, intrusion attempts every day, all day long. It's just constant, and it keeps a lot of our security people up at night. Um, we have been working with our auditor. We did an audit. We're looking at some other um, other ways by which we can be more nimble. So we felt like if we had this, lib this library of these various disciplines, so if you go to page 22, you'll see that it's, you know, that it's a series of them. So it's A all the way through F, uh, that it, it would allow us to react pretty quickly. We want to test as often as we can. We want to try to get into our system, but um, we can't wait to start a solicitation when, when and if something happens. So, we just be ready to go. Yeah, in these, in these subsets on these various motions to um, approve qualified firms, uh, there are various categories of services that the yes. county uh, um, provides to the public. But there's two areas that were of particular interest to me because they seem to be internal. Uh, that's subsection D and E. And D yes. re is regarding um, qualified firms to look at our security uh, penetration testing. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, the, the next one is uh, qualified firms that will provide security incident response. So these seems to be the ones that are focused on exactly those efforts to get into our computer systems. Uh, I would like to have uh, at some point uh, kind of an update on, on where we are. You know, I, I really want to feel like we're ahead of the curve on this because it will be so expensive for us if we do have a compromise of the systems. I mean, you look at uh, like Equifax and, and other companies. I mean, they're almost like in a meltdown mode because of, of what's occurred and um, you know, hundreds of millions of files become compromised. So uh, if some point uh, in the future you could come back and kind of give us a brief statement as to where we are in our security systems. Happy to do that. With that, I'll move the item. Okay, so all those in favor of, uh, wait, do I have a second on item 65? Almost. Okay. All, the, all those in favor of item 65 signify by saying aye. 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 Okay. That passes unanimously. All opposed? Okay. All righty. The next item on our agenda is item number 68. Um, it's a motion to file for the record a summary report on the transit transitional employee employment pilot program. 68 has an A, B, and C. Uh, there is no audience speaker signed up. Nobody pulled this. Uh, Ms. Henry. Yes, this is the um, the item that um, you know I want to uh, acknowledge and give the board uh, its kudos. Uh, you challenged the organization uh, a little over a year ago. Um, you want to be able to walk the talk. 
so we initiated a pilot program whereby people who are reentering society um, for various and sundry reasons to help them um, with employment, um, uh, help them come back um, to our society and, make, and be contributing um, to our economy. At the same time, we had the issue, as you recall, with, uh, with the cleaning up buses. So we put this program together, and um, I would like to have um, uh, Mr. Walton, Mr. Mr. Let's see who else, as well, Sanon, and then there was, we're supposed, did we have to leave, let them go? I know they're here. So, um, Mr. Walton, I'll let you um, do the introductions. Okay, thank you. And I, I would just like to express my support to the board. Um, I really want to thank you for your support of this program. It has been, in all my years here at the county, probably the, the best thing, one of the best things, and maybe the absolute best thing that we've done as a county and as a department. I came out of an idea, quite frankly, out of county administration, that we um, try to help individuals who may have had um, you know, some challenges previously in, 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 their, in their lives. And I, I'm here to tell you that by any measure, it has been a, a, a great success. I mean, the objective was twofold. One, to help us clean buses. And two, to provide an opportunity for those who have, may have had uh, discrepancies in their past to render their workforce. And I'm proud to say that both objectives have been accomplished and been accomplished very well. Um, so at this point, what I want to do is, you know, in, as department director, I get up here and you know, I get the, the glory and the, the recognition, but I really want to introduce the people who really made this go. Um, Keisha Davis. Keisha's a member of my staff, and when, this, when we started this program, I, I, I sat her down and I said, I need you to make this work. She took it, she ran with it, and she made it work. So I want to publicly give her the recognition and, and have her do the honors in terms of introducing the rest of the team. Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Newton Sannon, president of OIC, Rodney Bartlett, project manager, and then one of our new hires to Broward County, Ms. Portia Kyles. Good morning, good afternoon. It was morning when we first started spending all this quality time together. <laughs> Well, the good news is I can say forever today I spent most of the mayor's day uh, on her birthday, and not many <laughs> have that claim to fame. So thank you for having us. Uh, my name is Newton Sannon. I've had the pleasure of the last 16 years of being the president and CEO of OIC of South Florida. Uh, OIC, a community-based workforce development organization that clearly we know what workforce development is, preparing people for the world to work so they can exchange that for a wage. The community part speaks to the community, the target of folks who we serve. That are individuals who may have gotten pregnant as a teen, uh, youth aging out of the foster care system. Uh, and as Ms. Henry said, individuals who were turning from incarceration or had some kind of minor issue uh, with regard to derail, that might have derailed their academic and vocational success. Uh, and I want to echo the sentiments that Mr. Walton talked about and how proud I am to have worked in the partnership with you guys. I want to give you a quick return on investment report for you guys. On June 14, 2016, we came into a partnership. To date, we've received 1,300 applications for this opportunity. You should know 29 of the 32 people who were, that were hired were directly from the Brown Municipal Services District, as you know as BMSD. Uh, with the 24 people employed, the expansion that we're looking, taking a look at, it will increase to 42. 
you should know that five of the people that we've hired to date have been promoted. Uh, all candidates, every single person that we've hired to date at a bare minimum have received an OSHA certification. Um, a few notes you should also realize as well. This program was highlighted at the Congressional Black Caucus this past uh, couple months ago in Washington, D.C. It was an ultimate partnership when you talk about public-private partnership. In addition to your contribution uh, with the funding for this opportunity, we've raised at a minimum an additional $4 million from the U.S. Department of Labor as a result of, in part, I want to, don't mean to be mis misleading here, in part because we were able to reference this model because the question is, Newton, how will you get these folks placed on a job after you train it with our Department of Labor money. And it was easy. I was able to save my partners, the Broward County Board of Commissioners, uh, well, partnering with us so we can hire the folks. And so I just want to say professionally, and I want to say thank you. You have no idea the impact you've had on these people's lives. There's this deliberation about what it means to be an American today, right? All this stuff going on. To me, this project represents the best of our country, not just Broward County. Certainly, we care about Broward County. And the reason why I say that is the opportunity to give people an opportunity to earn a skill, to earn a wage is what you did. And we're able to leverage that, and we have some great success. Uh, I don't want to talk anymore. Let me bring up to you uh, your new staff member, Portia Cobb. Come on up. Where is she? Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I want you to know she's enjoyed the deliberation, we'll call that, today, and has learned a lot. So with Portia Cobb. Hello, everyone. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And as he was saying, that they gave us an opportunity. If you look at me, people won't think that I spent 29 months in the federal incarceration. I came out, worked at Wendy's. Mr. Newton and his staff hired me, and I've been there ever since, 14 months to today. Um, it took a lot of perseverance and determination and there was a lot of ups and downs there was a lot of changes um, being that from the Genesis crew a lot of us didn't know what we was doing so we learned a lot on the job and I want to thank Miss Keisha for keeping up with her promises <laughs> for hiring me and I told you before I'm coming for your job in a few years <laughs> so just be prepared um, other than that, I can speak for the rest of my coworkers that we enjoy working with one another. Um, we enjoy having the relationship that we built between BCT and OIC. And if it's any consideration that more organizations should be like OIC to give people a second chance, because they really do give people a second chance. They didn't just look at my background. They looked at who I was as a person and that I wanted to actually come back into civilization and do something better for myself. And I take everything that they give me from school to whatever else they offer, I take it and I apply it where I'm at now with the project. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. So again, you, you guys have a lot of tough decisions to make, but you should be proud of this one. You really should. Uh, we get the pleasure of the front row of being able to see the lives and how they've been impacted. Uh, and Ms. Henry, I just need you to know how much of a pleasure it's been to work with your staff. Uh, they've been uh, nothing but hardworking uh, and a true partnership. 
Uh, but most importantly, how they've treated our, our staff, how they've treated them in spite of whatever issues they've had in the past. We gave them an opportunity to earn it, and they did just that. So thank you so much, very much, for your leadership as well. Thank you. Okay, so I have a nice long queue for you. You would like to stay right there? You could stay there. I've got, I've got four people that want to say something to you. So there's Vice Mayor Fur. Oh, that's Commissioner Holness? Yes. Okay. Five. Vice Mayor Fur. Okay, six. Sorry. Okay, Vice Mayor Fur. Thank you. This was a, when I was reading the agenda and I came across this, this was a pleasure to see how, how well it had succeeded. Um, the fact that some of the people took, uh, became bus drivers, correct? Became CDL licensed. They're on their way. And to see this whole program go like this, it was just like, well, I know when we, you know, when we did it about a year or so ago, I knew when we, took, when we picked you as a partner, I had, because I've worked with you on my next move for the last couple of years. And I knew, what's, <laughs> what is my next move? Um, and I knew we had picked the right partner on this. And, and I appreciate you, you know, fulfilling your, your part of this, and I'm happy to support the next part. I'm really, it's nice to, Portia, uh, you, it's nice to have a, have a face to the program and to see, to see what a success that, that you've brought to it. And uh, I hope everyone else is doing just as well as you are. Uh, but this is, a, this is a great program. I'd like to see it uh, continued and, to be honest, even expanded. Because I know what I know what it means, you know. One of the one of the, one of the complaints we have is buses not being as clean as they need to be, and I know this isn't. We're not getting every bus all the time, uh, and so any way we can do, you know, a twofer here, it's great. So thank you all for making this such a great program. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Udine, followed by Commissioner Ryan. Very well done. Congratulations. Commissioner Ryan. It's, it's great that we've had this success and we've got cleaner buses. It'll drive up ridership. Uh, we focused on what the benefit is for the individuals that, have, that are difficult to employ, but you've given them a first opportunity. You know, part, one of the components that you have is a pathway to employment. So I see this as not an end, but part of the journey for your employees. And I hope that that your that OIC of South Florida uh, through Broward County can work with Career Source, which is the Broward Workforce Development Board, because really for these employees, once they've got that first job and they've been successful, they you know the whole world's in front of them, and so hopefully Career Source can help them get additional training and even better jobs, uh, not necessarily you know the jobs that you're working for Broward County, but getting into the private sector and improving life. So I hope that we'll try to work. Uh, and that partnership, and, and I serve as the county commission uh, appointee to Career Source, so you can contact my office if you want to coordinate anything through my office. Thanks. We worked with Mason for 16 years. I know him very, very well. So they, they are right. an integral part of our process. Thank you. Thank you. Does that conclude your brief remarks? Commissioner Bogan. <laughs> commissioner Bogan. Did you turn me? Yeah. Less than 60 seconds? No. Chris, what a great program. And um, uh, Newton, I got to tell you, it's since being a commissioner, it's been a pleasure working with you. I think you're such a credit to this county in our relationship. And I hope that, as Commissioner Fur said, we can expand. And I mean, it's just incredible. And 
It's a Porsche? Congratulations, you feel really proud and it's really great. I, I just, I'm happy to help in any way I can. Please call on me. Thank you. Commissioner Holness? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, Newton, congratulations. And then I was there in Washington, D.C. at the Congressional Black Caucus and saw the enthusiasm uh, that uh, greeted the program that you have. Uh, opportunities industrialization centers, opportunities is a key uh, in OIC's name. Newton, would you do us a favor, please, and tell us about some of the other programs that you operate in Broward County, just briefly. Really quick, we, we have an annual organizational uh, budget of about $8 million, and all programs are related to some 18 vocational certifications that we run and offer through the county. You should also know that we have an articulation agreement with Broward College. That speaks to our, the credibility of our instructors and our curriculum. Uh, up to nine college credits could be transferred onto Broward College. David Armstrong and I did that deal about a year or so ago, so that should speak to the credibility of that. In addition to that, uh, working with Vice Mayor uh, Furr and others, we work with 5,300 young people, also federally funded, or helping them to make and decide what they want to be when they grow up, which some are still trying to figure that out, and, and an event we call My Next Move, but certainly work with the school board as well. So we're, we're, we're a proud partner of this county. Uh, there's nothing more important in our mind uh, than, again, a job is the best, best social service in the world. Not only does it help that individual uh, it established a legacy of we work in this house that permeates to their children, uh, and you can appreciate that it helps to build the tax base. So that's a little bit of an overview of our programs. Okay. Uh, well, well, again, thank you. I got uh, another question for you. Sure. The 1,300 applicants that we had, is there anything we can do? Uh, because there seems to be a great need for folks that are in these uh, categories that, you, you, that, you, that you're working with. Is there anything we could do to probably uh, assist these folks in some short personal development stuff for them to be able to or, or give some guidance or something? Uh, because if, if we had 1,300 applications, we only have such a limited amount of placements that we can do. Can we find maybe a, uh, some way to help them and maybe we can look as a county commission to in our next budget if possible? Uh, give you some funding to assist with that. Yeah. Well, that's something you guys would have to deliberate on, but here's what I will tell you. Uh, just note that uh, you gave us a half a million, and we brought a million to the table, and subsequent to that, uh, we were able to raise an additional $4 million in federal resources to include individuals, not just who have blemishes in their past, but a provision for a $4 million contract. We're working with families, getting them vocational certifications, and high-wage and high-demand occupations, by the way, where there's also a child care provision in that. So I think, again, it's truly a partnership, and we have such a great relationship with the U.S. Department of Labor that we're going to be expanding a great deal more. We also are getting ready to do another big project with the Seminole Tribe, uh, having met with the chair of the tribe last week, and we're going to have a great, great opportunity for additional job uh, possibilities as well. So I think it's a matter of continued dialogue as you evolve with your strategies on economic development and workforce elements for us to have those conversations together to make sure that there's more opportunities for the 1300. Okay. Well, congratulations again. Great job. And con congratulations to Portia and to all those who uh, have uh, succeeded in, in this opportunity that we gave them. Excellent. Thank you. All right. 
Thank you. Commissioner Rich to close. Thank you. Um, well, I'm just going to add just uh, my congratulations to you, Chris, first, uh, Luke, can Broward you County, on. for working uh, together with Newton. Um, I got to meet Newton shortly after I was elected and uh, um, participated in a summit. And I saw all the partners there, and that's the key word, partnership. Everybody from the, across the community was at that summit participating and uh, trying to, to figure out solutions. And I, I do remember I was on the panel dealing with affordable housing, if you remember, and afterwards they voted, all the people there, on what was the most important issue, right. and it was affordable housing. Right. So we're still working on that, and I look forward to continuing to work with you and congratulate you on this tremendous success. Your success is our success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, one more. I got Commissioner Lamarca. Okay. Mr. Sandin, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you a hard time about your because you and you and Mr. Care share the same bad taste in football, but nonetheless, <laughs> that's why we made you wait all day long. We would have taken you earlier. Oh. No, you're you're a um, Newton and I have gotten to know each other. The first time we talked was a former uh, employee in my office was was applying in your at, at OIC. Um, and we had the opportunity in the last few years to get to know each other through Leadership Florida and get to know better what you what you do um, with the, uh, the very valuable resource we have here in Broward County called our, our, our residents, our, the human beings here that, that deserve an opportunity. And, and I think you hit it. I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna copy this from you, but you, you and I had said this before, that the most important thing, the most valuable thing that somebody can have in life from you know, adulthood all the way to retirement is a good, high-paying uh, job and opportunity to increase that opportunity. So what you've uh, given this young lady here, and by the way, I like her, I like her attitude that she, she was coming for, uh, coming for her job, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> that she's going to have another higher job at that point. So you created – oh, we're all, well, we're all coming from you. You heard that earlier, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, – Newton, thanks. Uh, thanks for for uh, we put our trust in you, and you didn't didn't let us down. Never do, um, but but thanks for putting your trust in uh, young people like Portia. Yeah, thank you. Good. And let me just wrap up by saying thank you to my staff, to Onita. Where is she? Onita, our finance director, and Rodney, who didn't take a day off for an entire year. In addition to that, two of our staff students uh, they work an entire year with not one day off. Didn't miss one day of work. And so again, give them an opportunity. Train them the right way, and they'll deliver for you. Thank you so much. Appreciate okay. Y'all just you violated all the rules. No applause, no cheering, no booing, and no catcalls, and no throwing Hersey kisses at me while I'm working. Um, okay. So motion to approve. Second. Thank you. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Aye. Commissioner Holness. Aye. All right. You mean the secretary that's the uh, unanimous approval on up 68? And Mr. Sedin, thank you. That was the briefest one up here. Oh, wait. You, Dean was second. <laughs> All right. Um, item number 69 is a motion to approve the proposed mentor protege pilot program team up Broward as consistent with the Broward of. Board of County Commissioners value of ensuring economic opportunities for Broward's diverse population and businesses and authorize the county administrator to implement the same. 
At this time, I have no, no one from the public wishing to be heard on this. Back to this dais, I have a motion and a second. All those in favor of item 69, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Okay. Minister Secretary, that passes unanimously. Item number 70 is a motion to approve. Please add me to the queue on item 70. Yes. Item 70 is a motion to approve the Broward County Board of County Commissioners 2018 State Legislative Program and 2018 State Fundamental Principles and to authorize the staff to make any necessary technical and typographical corrections. Um, at this time, I have only one speaker from the audience that has signed up to speak on this, Mr. Rand. Could you please approach the podium? Well, I wish I had that job in the career and all. The, um, your legislative program uh, asked for a lot of things, environmental, clean air quality, uh, nursing homes, climate, beach, emergency management, accountability it talks about. It talks about open and ethical government. It talks about home rule, that you know best what's going on for the Broward County. As I spoke earlier, I have some documents, of course, to go back to uh, 1976, being forced on threat of being fired to sweep the asbestos dust. This is not clean air for me. Asbestos quite clearly says it. Here's 1991, Lori Parrish. Somebody look in, let me know the outcome of the investigation. Wake up, Steve. It's, it's Commissioner Geller. You're snoring. Well, I'm here. I'll, put it, I'll go back on mute. <laughs> it's just a deep sigh. Ooh, it was more than that. What are you doing, Steve? So this is all a joke, then? No, he's snoring while you're talking. Go ahead. I can't even get three minutes. Well, Burn out the clock. Just it's like a football game. Not a snore. I'm waiting for the end of the football. I'm waiting for the election. So are we. Yes. Uh, the whitewash report was found by Miami Herald, front page of Miami Herald, October 14, 2000. Lori Parrish says, due to the harassment, uh, Ed, Labr Ed Dion, how do I respond? Due to the complexity, Ed Labrador is working on the response. The response is termination. If you can't figure this out, like you can't figure your left foot from your right foot, this is a big ask on your legislative program from the Republican-controlled state and federal government, and I hope they are watching what my fellow Democrats are doing to me and not for me here. You just had kids get up and they have a job and a career to retirement, and I don't. Okay, <clears throat> that concludes the audience participation on item number 70. And people died in the nursing home because of that. It's too late to do anything about that. Okay. Um, that concludes our audience participation on item number 70. Back to this dais. I have Commissioner Geller. Yes, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, number of items from least to most. First, there's a typo, page 11, under natural gas fuel re rebate program, footprint by the dollar sign before 5.2 million pounds should be removed. Uh, on page 12, the expansion of the move over law, I don't know how this Oh, on the, this is on the uh, legislative program, not on the fundamental principles. On page 12, expansion of the move over law. I, I don't know how this got in or why this is in, but
but I have some concerns. The Move Over Act states that if you have a law enforcement officer you, and you can safely move over a lane, you are required to do so. But by adding vulnerable road users, that includes pedestrians, bicyclists, skateboarders, um, it's almost requiring everybody to move over to the left lane. How did this get in here, and why are we supporting this? Ms. Henry, can you have, uh, oh, Mr. Cassini's here. Ms. Henry? Yes. Mr. Cassini, if you can come to the podium, please. Have some others. You have some more? Okay, hold on. Okay. Commissioner Geller, then yeah, go ahead and finish. Yeah, I'm going from least to most. Okay, you can go ahead and finish uh, then. Okay. Fine, all right. Then um, on page five, well, uh, five and seven are similar. Uh, on page five under affordable housing, um, it's one of a lot of items that were listed. And the concern that I have is Commissioner Furr and I attended a joint meeting of the South Florida Regional Planning Council and the Treasure Coast Planning Council. I brought up a motion there which was approved saying that if we're really going to try and make a realistic effort, we've asked all of the members of Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, Martin, St. Lucie, Monroe counties and their cities, not to just say that we support affordable housing, but to make this one of our top two, three, four priorities. Because if you put in a long list, then nothing is a priority of yours. This is going to be an extremely heavy lift. The legislature this year, they say, is going to start having some fiscal issues. They are already in a deficit mode. If we have any hope at getting the Sadowski affordable housing money back to full payments, again, the, the joint South Florida Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council was asking that we prioritize this and not just be one of our issues, which, which leads me again, and this is the last issue, on both our policy priorities and our appropriation priorities. There's an awful lot of these and I'm wondering, are there any that we are making a priority? You can't list 10 or 15 items and say, we have 10 or 15 policy, 10 or 15 appropriations, because that's just not going to really work in Tallahassee. And I will be tonight at the meeting of our lobbying team at 630 here in Tallahassee. Um, but. Are, are we prioritizing any of these? And I certainly think we do need to prioritize the affordable housing one. I'm now, I'm now done. Okay. Now, Ms. Henry, do you want to have Mr. Uh, Cassini go ahead and address right. those? So let me start with um, there's a, the, when we receive requests, and I'm just going to respond to Senator Geller on the expansion of the move over law, um, one of our committees um, did um, ask that this item be submitted to the commission and it was submitted and, it, and it's in our program. We probably should have just had that conversation with you all about any new additions um, to what is included in our legislative program. With respect to the board prior, prioritizing, we certainly would not be prepared 
um, to have a formal prioritization process today. If that's something that the board would like, we can come up with the process that we can discuss with you. All of these items in, um, in general have um, uh, a sound interest from the community and of the board itself. So to, to, to narrow this so that it's clear what our top three priorities are, we would need to bring you back a process to do that. Okay. All righty. Uh, Madam Mayor, as a follow-up, oh. um, two items. Number one, I, I understand what you said about that a committee supported the expansion of the move over law. However, we're the commission. And again, I, I, inv I, don't think that we should include that in our legislative proposals, number one. And number two, I will again get back, I just counted, we have 15 county policy priorities. And following up on the joint resolution from the Treasure Coast and the South Florida RPCs, you know, I would ask if we're not going going to prioritize in general, I would ask that we at least prioritize affordable housing as one of our, designate that as one of our top priorities in accordance with the, the resolutions. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Geller. Commissioner Rich, followed by you, Dean. Okay, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, okay, I, my, my feelings are uh, very similar to Senator Geller's in the, in the the idea that we need to prioritize, that this is a huge packet um, and we need to figure out what are the most important things for this community. Um, and I know, you know, maybe when, I, I don't know how we're going to do that exactly, um, but I will say that I, I personally, for me, um, the full funding of uh, the Sadowski Affordable Housing Trust Fund has to be number one. We have a, a statewide work group that has been meeting. I, I serve on that. The last one will be in Tallahassee November 29th to come up with, with uh, the recommendations. Um, this is one of the first times that I have seen every arm out there, every, every kind of group out there focused on one thing, and that is full funding of this, that we cannot solve this problem if we don't have money. We can, like, nip around the edges with permitting and land use and uh, of which I think we're pretty weak right here in our own county, which we probably need to look at, but we need, we, we need money. Um, almost all the groups that are participating have, are putting out a resolution. Uh, there'll be a big you know, uh, conference, press conference about that. Um, the, I spoke with, I represent uh, our Florida Association of Counties on this uh, work group and uh, I've asked them, and they, I think, on Friday are going to be doing a resolution uh, from the county. Uh, as was mentioned, the regional planning councils have done it. Uh, the speakers at each of the first three meetings have been the who's who of business, the chambers of commerce, um, the Beacon Council, the, the ones in Miami. Uh, then, of course, we, we have our own uh, 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 Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance and chamber and workshop that have been very active in this um, and I, I just feel that um, because we, for once, we have, and the Alice report coming out of United Way, 67 counties all showing the same things, even though we are the most cost burdened, the South Florida area. So we're all kind of on the same, same wavelength. And if we're ever going to get this accomplished in Tallahassee, it is going to have to be <coughs> a massive lobbying effort from every 
you know everybody out there so to me this is number one i mentioned when i when i when i spoke at newton's summit and they took a poll that at that summit with all the needs that were there affordable housing came first because people have to have stable housing um i i don't want to go through the whole other list but that that to me is really the most important thing and when we look at the the human service needs i want to just say that uh we we have got to prioritize i believe our child welfare and our behavioral health mental health and substance abuse we are still at the bottom rung and they've already proposed a possible 100 million dollar cut in child welfare so i mean these are things that affect us all in our community uh, obviously the community care for the elderly we've stepped in these are these are things that I think are so important for so many people given our population the numbers of children in child welfare one of the highest Broward is one of the highest <coughs> in, in the state the numbers of seniors here and of course the opioid uh, and heroin issue so um, I'm gonna just throw that out there and I just hope that we can have uh, something relatively soon because the committees are meeting and to have some kind of focus to this that gives us you know, three or four, maybe five top priorities that we can go out with. Um, it's not, it doesn't mean that we can't support other things, but I mean, to come in with a packet like this, it, it just doesn't, you know, just, we, we have to have a really focused approach, I think, and especially this year with what's going to be happening in Tallahassee with the attempt, the governor already talking about lowering taxes, cutting, you know, cutting money. This, uh, the Speaker of the House is talking about $600 million. All those programs last year that were non-recurring, he just says, get rid of them. Everyone had to fill out forms last year. Some were recurring, some were non-recurring. All the non-recurring programs, huge numbers of health and human service programs would just be gone. So it's a challenge, uh, but I think you know we can figure out what are those things that are the most important for us here, particularly as it, comes to, as it, as it um, fits into human services. Commissioner Udine. Thank you, Mayor. <clears throat> um, I, I had some chance, uh, some time spent with uh, Marty yesterday, and I appreciate that going through this. Um, I'll leave a lot of this to the people that are experts that do a lot more of this than I do, but I do have one particular problem in our statement of fundamental principles. I'm personally not prepared to call a fundamental principle right now on page five, Roman numeral four, bullet one and two. I, I, I may get to a point where I support the penny sales tax in November, but it's not a fundamental principle to me right now. I need to see a lot more information come from our staff as to what we're going to see in a potential penny sales tax. Um, so fundamental principles to me means like I'm giving staff marching orders now on what I want to see is in their in their plan when we had the transportation workshop um, you know they talked about climate change projects uh, mast arms FPL streetlights those are all important things but I'm not sure that that is going to get me to support uh, the penny tax just yet so I'm not going to support our fundamental principles with that and I'm also not going to support it with a fundamental principle of this county board implementing the wave streetcar project until I have more information as we move forward it may be something that I can support in the future 
but I just don't think laying this on the table now is a fundamental principle of Broward County, meaning it's something so important that it's in our fundamental strategic plan. I'm uncomfortable with that. I just think a better course of action for me personally would be under Roman numeral four, I support the development, design, and construction of sustainable modimodal transportation facilities throughout the county to meet demands of residents, travelers, and businesses. Um, I don't want to get as specific second. in bullet one and two. Right, wait. So can I just back up here for a second? When we had our um, uh, strategic planning workshop, we did all weigh in on this as um, one of the goals that we wanted um, to achieve, which was the penny sales tax for transportation and solely for transportation. We had hours of discussion about this. So I believe that that's where that came from because we were trying to craft these goals. Um, additionally to that, um, <clears throat> I understand uh, about thinking that this is a very long list, but we understand from previous legislative sessions and from the history of being on this commission, since 2010, we've always had a list of, of priorities and goals that were brought because you never know what's going to get through during the legislative session. And so we have always had a very long list. It has been expansive, it has been broad, but it kind of incorporates everything that we might hope to capture, even though we're no, we know we're not gonna get all of it. But when you start narrowing it to the point where you only have three or four things, it becomes moot. I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I remember we hashed this out when we had that uh, workshop at the park down in Hollywood a couple weeks after we all got elected. I remember talking about this. I remember speaking on all these issues, and that's where it came from. You, they can, you can keep everything you have in your strategic plan you can keep everything that you have in your legislative priorities and pick whichever ones you think are the most important. I'm just saying as one person here, it's not my fundamental principle, and I'm not going to vote to make it. I may, in fact, support a penny sales tax when we get there, but it's not that high of a priority where it's going in my fundamental principle document. The problem, it, right, okay. I, got, so, I got you. Okay. But the thing is, is that on here, as long as the majority is supportive That's of fine. it, it becomes okay. the fundamental I, principle. I understand. I respect so, that. That's what I'm, uh, so what okay. I'm saying is I understand your position, but Perfect. it was a majority um, that supported the penny sales tax for transportation. So as a majority, we're going to keep that in there. Um, and then the next thing was um, as far as the, the, the health and human services, you know, we've been focused on that for many years. When I first got on this board in 2010, we had a, probably a dozen goals surrounding health and human services, and they have remained there. And we've ticked them off as we've accomplished them um, each legislative session. So um, I, I, I hear what you were saying from a, a, your perspective from being a new commissioner here on this dais, but we have got to keep this broad enough so that we can um, give staff enough of a, um, you know, permission so that they can go after what we need them to go after during the legislative session. And I think that by narrowing it, we're tying their hands and we're tying our hands in case a bill comes up. I, I just don't see where narrowing it is going to help us. Okay. Whatever we have here, I think can, can be lobbied effectively. They have lobbied it effectively in the past. And I think they can continue to do that. 
I'm going to continue with the queue, Commissioner Lamarca, followed by Please hand me back to the queue, Madam Mayor. Can I just respond to what you Commit, said, please? Commissioner. And Madam Mayor also, please. Okay. Can I just respond to what you said? Sure. Uh, it is not. I'll put it you is, back in the queue. But but it's. I don't want to lose the, the the connect to it though, because it is not about narrowing. I mean, everything here in human services, whatever, is important. Beach nourishment, whatever. But what I'm talking about is prioritizing three or four of the of the most critical issues to Broward County. Because when you walk in, I mean, I'm I'm looking at it not just as uh, as a year, uh, one year. Uh, Commissioner, I'm looking at it from 12 years in the Florida legislature and what I think was effective when people came to see me. We do have and a priorities are, list. I, I, As a matter of fact, when, when we go in, we have a, a, a more um, defined list that we well, use, do we not? Yeah. Don't we have a list of, of priorities? Mm -hmm. Mr. Cassini. Hi, Marty Cassini, Intergovernmental Affairs Manager. We generally don't have a list. There are certain issues that we take to legislators and we ask them for, to help us with certain causes. So it might be a freestanding appropriation for Broward County. It might be um, one of our policy initiatives that we have in our program. When we talk about a priority issue like affordable housing, um, I think that the message has been received by us pretty clear that it's very important to everyone on the dais and that when we talk with every legislator and we talk with every member of the Broward delegation, we constantly remind them to speak to the appropriations chairman to talk to them about not raiding or not sweeping any kind of trust funds. So if there are certain issues that come up like that, yes, we do treat them in a much broader context, but we also have, as you said, Senator Rich, all of those other smaller issues that we work with legislators from all over the state to help us to, to, to try to attain. Okay. Um, Commissioner Lamarca, you're next in queue. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I agree with uh, Commissioner Commissioner Udi on, on on looking certainly looking at the the wave issue being in there, but that that strategic plan when we had a majority uh, support on that, I'm not saying I'm I'm not supportive of of the modes of transportation that we're talking about, but that was also before the bids were rejected and right. came in came in nearly a hundred million dollars more. So we may want to look at that one um, with regard to. The one of the comments made about uh, funding, budget, tax cuts, and all that. I've been getting these. I don't know if you all get the governor's press uh, daily press <coughs> updates. But Fifty million dollars more for the Hoover, Herbert Hoover Dyke. Uh, One point seven billion in uh, Florida's environment. Two hundred million for children's adopted children and families. Ten million additional for. DCF, $21 million for other industries. So, I mean, there, there are, the governor has his, his budgets coming out. And um, I think the reality is, as we look at this list of priorities, I don't know how many there are total, but um, we have, this year we have more lobbyists than we've ever had. We have eight lobbyists. So that, if that's three, three items per lobbyist, I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that heavy of a lift. Um, but I think we want to make sure that we understand that all this could be secondary if another HB 17 comes up where basically whereby Tallahassee preempts everything that we can do here in local government. So um, I think we need to have priorities. We need to work on, work on those issues that are important to each of us. It's important for us to go up to Tallahassee, not just mm -hmm. our eight contracted lobbyists uh, and, and show our faces there. Uh, and when something bad that's detrimental to our, our local government, the ability to govern locally, uh, we should be there to defend it. 
Okay, the next person in queue is Commissioner Ryan, followed by Holness. I wanted to distinguish on this item, you have the Broward County policy priorities and appropriation priorities, which is going to be the message to Tallahassee and, you know, and here we are, we're just getting ready to start session. We don't have a lot more time to get organized um, and, and try to get something done up there in Tallahassee. And then when you talk about uh, the uh, commission values and goals, that's something that, that we, can, we can adjust. But with respect to the policy priorities and the appropriations for Tallahassee, I sure hope that this county will listen to two former senators who have said we need to have a short list of priorities. Now, they've been up in Tallahassee for years. They know how it works. You come in with a long list, you don't get anything. For, I don't know, for four years, year after year after year, I've asked that there be a short list of priorities to get things done. I don't know if it ever happens. In fact, I just, I think I just heard, well, we go up, you know, we have a long list and we try to focus on which legislator wants to be involved with this issue. We really need to listen to those with experience that have been successful in Tallahassee. They know how the process works. So for the fifth year, can we please have a short list of priorities for appropriations and for policy issues? And now that Senator Rich, excuse me, Commissioner Rich and, and Commissioner Geller are saying it, maybe it'll have a little more uh, uh, movement and, and we can try that approach. And the other thing is, with that short list of priorities, let's, you know, we got a big team of lobbyists. Let's say to a lobbyist, this is a really important issue for you and have some accountability or responsibility to try to get something done based upon what the experience is uh, and the expertise of a lobbyist. So not only do you have uh, a short list that you focus on, on with your legislators, you also have with your lobbyists, they have a certain responsibility. They know they got to make their best effort on at least one issue. So that, that's my suggestion for the fifth time. <clears throat> yeah, I've never heard that the other four times, so okay. I mean, I'm good, I'm good. We're good, but I haven't heard that the other four times. Um, Commissioner Holness, followed by Vice Mayor Furr. And you have added me back to the queue, right? Yes, you're last. Great, thanks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Commissioner Holness. Okay. Hello. Yes. Yes. If I may. Uh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't remove. I didn't remove the mute on on the phone, so I, I could hear you. You couldn't hear me. Uh, County Administrator, uh, to, uh, Mr. Castini, uh, if you will. The, the lobbyists that we have, don't we give them priorities on, on uh, out of these lists, the ones that they, areas that they specialize in to bring uh, these things to success? Mr. Cassini, and while he's coming to the podium, uh, the answer um, is yes, what, I, what I'm hearing, um, uh, Commissioner Ryan and Senator Rich and, and Senator Geller uh, make reference to is that yes, they, they agree that all of these things are important, but they would like for us out of this entire list of important issues, they'd like for us to hone in on four or, five, or a very limited number. We keep them all on the list, but we hone in 
on a handful that we do an all-out press. And that handful of lists should not come from staff. It should come from you. And um, uh, as I indicated earlier, we just have to come up with a process to get that prioritization um, done so that we're clear that the, the body in, um, this, of this commission has prioritized those top three, five um, items. We maintain a oh, – sorry. Okay. Just to just follow up on that, um, Commissioner Holness, yeah. we maintain a list, uh, and like an Excel spreadsheet that's a matrix that, if, that has every single one of these priorities laid out by which lobby firm. Sometimes it might be multiple firms that are assigned to one issue, depending upon the size of that issue. Um, for example, most of our lobby, all of our lobbyists have been told that they are to speak to their appropriations contacts regarding the Sadowski Affordable, uh, or excuse me, the Sadowski Trust Fund. Um, so these are things that um, sometimes the entire team does take on, and but when you're talking about a $234,000 appropriation for the Alzheimer's respite, that's something that you generally have one team working on who knows that issue very well, in this case, uh, pinpoint results. So our lobby teams are chosen based upon certain synergies that they may have with certain chairman relationships that they have with chairwomen or staff, depending upon whether they were previous staffers, everything is calculated in that way. You guys way are really moment. like confusing me because I've gone to Tallahassee on many occasions for this county. Mm -hmm. And when I get to Tallahassee to lobby on an issue, mm -hmm. I have three pieces of paper in front yep. of me. I had beach renourishment for one. I had the, the um, water, um, oh God, what the? What? Yeah, C-51 Reservoir, and I had one other which had to do the with the, the, the Department of Juvenile Justice costs. Oh, yeah, so we had... And that is prioritized. No, that, that's what I'm trying to say. I keep hearing you say so, that you don't have so, it, but well, we do have it because when yeah. I go up there to lobby, I'm given three specific things. I'm not given this entire list of things of to do. Yes. So you guys are driving me crazy because I, I, I'm not lobbying for 25 th things at the same time. We go up there, we've chosen what's important and what we think we can get through. And once we have chosen what we think we can get through and what's important, I'm handed a piece of paper, I'm assigned to a lobbying team, and we lobby for that on behalf of the county. I don't lobby for everything on this list at one time, and we don't give this list to each of our legislators at one time. Right? That's true, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I, I hear uh, our administrator saying we are the ones who need to make that determination. So uh, what we probably ought to do uh, is everybody picks one. And, and if you get enough vote for, for, for the one you want, then that's what goes on, on that list. Uh, that, I, I don't see us doing it any other way. Because we, can, we could sit down and debate the issue forever as to which one has got the most merit or not. I think that's the shortest distance to okay. coming up with your four or five. And maybe we end up with nine, but, you know, nine All of right. us probably think differently. So at this time, I don't hear us having consensus on moving forward with this plan. What I would like to do is maybe we could defer this until the next meeting. And then, um, Ms. Ms. Henry, can you advise our staff? of intergovernmental affairs to come back and meet with each commissioner to come up with uh, a more narrow Yes, internally, list. yeah, we will try to come up with a, a process that will help us get this down to what okay. you guys reach consensus on as our top. Okay. 
Because that this is not happening right. today, right? Right. Okay. Right. So we're we are. Um, I need a, a motion for a deferral until the Move next to defer meeting. for one week. Okay. Second. A second. Okay. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Aye. Okay. Let the record show that item number 70 is deferred until next week. Okay, item number 71 is a motion to adopt a resolution, the title of which is follows, a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, supporting Senate Bill 2018-684, which designates a stretch of highway in Alachua County as the Tom Petty Memorial Highway, directing the county administrator to transmit a copy of this resolution to the members of the Florida legislature, legislature representing Broward County residents and providing an effective date. Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. I'll be very brief. I, as you saw my disdain for a couple of people who are here with University of Miami ties, I don't really have a whole lot of love for the University of Florida or Gainesville. However, uh, I think as a, as, a, as, a, as, a patriot, as a patriotic American and a lover of music and, and uh, people who have brought a lot of joy to people in this country, uh, we, we lost a musical icon just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Senator Perry in, in Alachua County in Gainesville is uh, proposing to do a small small section of this road uh, where the name will be changed, and uh, I might even go up there to look at it with my own eyes. Can, can so. I offer an amendment to that uh, real quickly? That, sure. that, that stretch would go the same speed limit as Tom Petty drove, would go. Can we raise <laughs> the speed limit uh, up to uh, whatever? Very slow. <laughs> with that, I want to move the item. Do I have a second? I, I, I second Commissioner Lamarca's uh, item. Okay, all those in favor of item 71 signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Aye. Okay, let the record show that passes unanimously. At this time, that um, concludes our regular agenda. Uh, all the agenda items are done. Um, now we're on to the mayor's We're having report. so much fun. Yes. The mayor's report. <clears throat> Broward County's Purchasing Division has won the 2017 Innovation Award from the National Institute of Governmental Purchasing. The Innovation Award recognizes outstanding contributions in the field of public procurement by governmental agencies that have developed cutting-edge, non-standard, forward-thinking approaches to meeting the needs of clients they serve. It's time to celebrate to mark the one-year anniversary of the new Broward County Animal Care Adoption Center. The community is invited to a special celebration, special and, and to join us on Saturday, November the 18th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Animal Care Adoption Center located at 2400 Southwest 42nd Street, Fort Lauderdale. This event is made possible um, as part of a grant received by the Petco Foundation to support life-saving programs for pets in need throughout the county. Broward County's Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport is among the first airports in the country to implement virtual ramp control, a high-tech solution to enhance safety and efficiently direct aircraft to and from their gates and around the airfield. Specially trained operators coordinate and monitor the movement of aircraft arriving and departing FLL with a virtual camera-based system. The camera system is integrated with specially developed software to manage more than 700 flights each day at FLL. Total passenger traf traffic at the airport was 2.8 million in August and the 41st consecutive month of growth and is expected to approach 33 million for 2017. FLL is now the fastest growing large hub airport in the country. 
As most of us plan to spend the holiday season with our family and close friends, Broward County reminds our community to keep those less fortunate in mind, especially those dependent on local community food banks. A growing number of families count on local food pantries year-round to feed their households. Residents are asked to help meet the need of for non-perishable food items by donating to Broward County's holiday food drive. You can help by bringing non-perishable food items to any of the county's collection locations listed below. Governmental Center 115 South Andrews Avenue, the Governmental Center West 1 North University Drive, the Broward County Main Courthouse, as well as the Regional Courthouses, the Water and Wastewater Services, Port Everglades, Broward County Aviation Department, and all Broward County Libraries. Um, want to just give a shout out to um, the United Way for the Mayor's Gala. It was sold out and the art challenge was a huge success. You saw the children today that have come up. They had some amazing artwork. And again, just um, really a shout out for Earl Bosworth and his staff for really orchestrating the Mayor's cha Art Challenge for me. Um, we attended an award ceremony for our esteemed County Administrator, Bertha Henry, in San Antonio, Texas, as she received the ICMA Mark E. Keene Memorial Award for Excellence. Um, it was an a, a amazing moment, Bertha, and you deserve every minute of it. And I know you don't like it, but we're going to say thank you and congratulations again. <laughs> um, by the way, I attended the first annual National Elementary Honor Society induction ceremony at Orangebrook Elementary. They had the most students inducted in an, in an um, elementary honor society, 54 at one time. So that was amazing, thought that was worth mentioning. Um, and I attended the NACO's 2017 Large Urban County Caucus Symposium in Salt Lake um, County, Utah, where um, we talked about opioid litigation and um, homelessness, which was really interesting. So um, if you are interested in that, I do have some slides from the presentation on homelessness and the opioid litigation that I thought might be um, very um, interesting for you. Uh, other than that, let's see. I'm, I'm skipping around here. I'm trying to shorten my uh, report. Oh, that's it. I'm going to not talk about the rest of this stuff. So, oh. <laughs> Oh, don't you start, Mr. 21 Minutes, on one item. Um, <laughs> Commissioner Udine. Graduate County Administrator Henry on her award. Very well done. Uh, excellent representation for Broward County on the state and national level. Very impressive. Thank you. All right. Commissioner Rich. Just ditto. <laughs> She wins on the under. The <laughs> Commissioner Bolgan. She's the like winner. I'd like to make a motion that we increase your salary. Uh, do you want me to do that right now? Wait, wait. what does it say here? Increase it after they compliment me uh, right at this point. <laughs> Congratulations, Bertha. <laughs> Congratulations. I have nothing else. Commissioner Ryan. I wanted to take a minute. I had neglected to mention somebody who recently passed away, Betty Cobb who was a civic leader in the city of Plantation, an 80-year resident of Broward County. She was a past chair of the Broward Historical Society. She helped found the Plantation Library. Uh, she taught journalism and English at Stranahan High School for a number of years. Uh, a very selfless civic activist, uh, the kind of person that 
really makes a community better. I also want to mention somebody else who's really special, and he sits to my left. Uh, I was over at Winmore on Sunday, and there was an event that was honoring Commissioner Mark Bogan, and I had the opportunity to roast him. It was a ton of fun, and I really didn't know. I didn't think that Commissioner Bogan really had a lot of friends, but when you went to Winmore, everybody loves him there, and it's amazing. I wouldn't say that you're the county commissioner of Winmore. You seem to be the king over there. And so just keep it up. You're doing a great job. Well, I know why. Uh, Vice Mayor Furr. Thanks. A couple things real quick. We're in the middle of uh, going, creating an RFP for the uh, library circulation system. And what I'd like to, uh, for us to consider is including within that RFP an application programming interfa <coughs> interface that allows for the for our library cards to be able to be um, have dual functionality and be able to be programmed in other ways. So if that could be added into the RFP, I think it would be good, as well as a, um, a the capability of putting into the mark records the ability to uh, make sure that every person who's born in Broward County can be can be able to uh, have a lifetime library card. Those things could be put into the can be put into the mark records um, if we ask for it in the RFP. So, okay. I've talked with uh, Kev, uh, Kelvin about it a little bit, um, but I did want to bring it, bring it up here as well. Um, unless there's any objection to that. No, good. Okay. Um, second, I want to I want to I want all of Broward County to vote for Kimberly Correa for uh, Eco Hero Local Ten Eco Hero. She is representing Broward County. Uh, she is a student at um, South Broward High School, and if you and if she wins, she she is. This is a. There are five students that are picked throughout all of South Florida. She is a Broward County representative. How do we vote for her? Uh, go on to local ten, uh -huh. and you'll and you'll see. Uh, pick your eco hero, and this actually sends her to Antarctica. Uh, wow! And she's been doing all kind of initiatives in South Florida already, uh, doing all you know, pulling together all kind of kids doing. Everything, you know, some really very good initiatives. So uh, everybody vote for Kimberly Correa. And then thirdly, uh, I, I received an award from, uh, I didn't, Broward County did, uh, on behalf of Broward County uh, from Tutormate uh, on, uh, as an outstanding corporate citizen. Uh, 17 county employees have signed up for Tutormate, which is great. There are 16,000 first graders in Broward County right now. So we need a lot more. Uh, volunteers, uh, and Why it's not looking at me. You want I, to go volunteer I, go for something? Absolutely. One more thing. I so you can crackers. sign up today. I did go and re <laughs> you did go I, read I crackers, read qu quackers last I know week. That. Uh, but it is another chance <laughs> to sign up for Tutormate. Please do. <laughs> and that's all I have for today. Thank you. Okay, Commissioner Lamarca. Thank you, Mayor. I got my song on You know, we I read qu quackers as well. Yeah, the Quackers was a duck, and he thought he, he was, a was a cat. He was a cat, and he thought, thought he was, was a duck. duck. Yeah, that's it. We had a quack talk. He did. I had three three uh, element three uh, kindergarten classes at, at Bayview Elementary. I felt like I was cheating on my my grade school because I went to Florida and read there the last few years. But it was a good good thing to have around the around the country. Um, I wanted to i wanted to make an observation and you know you cannot play the drums and sing it's almost impossible anybody that can do that um so 
I printed this out of the B cycle, and and I am beyond happy and thrilled that we have Avmed, and we had uh, another company, I think City or someone else before, um, sponsoring our bicycles. But I cannot find anywhere on our B cycles where the Broward County logo or the B, Broward B cycle logo is. I think it's just a B. Um, stuck like on the crossbar under the seat. So I don't know how we can brand that a little bit better, but it basically looks like AvMed has a bicycle program here. Um, I also wanted to uh, bring up, if I could, there, uh, there was a great, uh, not the first time, but the, the uh, excuse me, pardon me. I'm talking about Northeast High School now. You've got to pay attention. got to pay attention. Speaking of Antarctica, people have been trying to send me there for years. Um, <laughs> Northeast High School, <clears throat> I wanted to let everyone know, received a $10,000 grant from the, uh, from the MIT, uh, Lemelson MIT Invent Team grant. Now, they did this a couple years ago, <clears throat> and you probably remember there was a front page Sun Sentinel pictorial uh, of President Obama riding a bicycle that was a portable water filtration system. The reason they designed that <clears throat> was to bring a low-cost water filtration system to Haiti after the earthquake. Um, and the same school, same program has, uh, has won another award, and this is to create a uh, mosquito breeding disruptor. So I wish them well on that. Um, this, this, Friday, uh, this Friday, we're celebrating uh, Veterans Day. So I want to let everyone know that uh, if there's a opportunity to get to uh, an event and uh, celebrate our veterans, that would be great. And this would be a great time for me to also bring up, even though Bertha said it was a checkbox, um, the the two signs for the Bill Kling VA clinic on Commercial Boulevard, just to remind you. Um, okay, under construction. They're just signs. We have to make the signs. Okay. It's okay. Just we'll working with the state. I just remind you. That's all. Okay. Um, and finally, the uh, the uh, event I mentioned this morning during the, the during the moment of silence, um, we had a, we had a um, a real special person that uh, came from this this community here, um, senior petty officer Ryan uh, Ryan Owens, and they had a a run in his name in Deerfield Beach. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL and was killed on January 29th, and uh, they're going to they're going to be doing that memorial run here uh, annually. So just wanted to make everyone aware of that. And uh, that being said, have a wonderful three day weekend. Just so you know, there are no elephants in Antarctica. <laughs> no, mine got sold. You're the only. <laughs> really? Okay. <clears throat> County Administrator, do you have any report? Nothing. County Attorney? Okay. County Auditor? Sure. Nothing? Nothing? County Auditor? Uh, Amelia, we're still, up, we're, we're still on the phone. <laughs> I am, anyhow. Bye. 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 Meeting's adjourned. <laughs> Meeting's adjourned. <laughs> that concludes. Commissioner Gallagher. County Commission. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Commissioner Geller, do you have any non-commissioner report? Um, two quick things. First, I am opposed to sending anybody to Antarctica until we find out from the young lady if she actually wants to go there. Um, and other than that, nothing. Thank you. Commissioner, uh, commissioner Holness? Yeah, I'll be very brief. Uh, congratulations, uh, County Administrator uh, 
for, for being recognized. We already all know that you are great. Uh, so it's good that others recognize your talent. Okay. Thank you. Okay, bye. That's okay, so now the meeting is adjourned. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's adjourned. Thank you so much.